Alzheimer. Tear. It is harder when you've had wine. Yes. It, oh, very much so. Yeah. I feel yeah. like everything gets harder. No, that's not true. No, that's not that's true at all. No. <laughs> Some things <laughs> get softer, my friend. Wink, wink, wink. Hey. <laughs> all right. Now let's start the show. <laughs> What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. I feel like it's been a while since we've done this. The trio? Yeah, because I I skipped out last week. You were busy doing adult business I was, I was doing some, uh, yeah, some personal business things. Personal business. Was last week the only week? Because I feel like it's been longer. It does feel like it's it been longer. It does feel longer. longer, but I'm not sure why. It may just be that I'm so used to being here and being, like, t- talking with all of you that... Because we have, like, streams and stuff that happen, too, so it feels more regular than once a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true, but we had the wonderful zombie kills on the show last week, and we had a lot of fun. So thank you to everybody for reaching out to us about how you appreciated her appearance and thought that she also was as funny as we did. And then Britt and I had a great show this Monday, and now... Now it's Wednesday. Now it's Wednesday. It's time to shoot this shit. And it's almost Ooh. August, everybody. Yeah, I know, baby girl. What's it's almost means- your birthday. It's true. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Simon beat me to it. So I think I've decided, ladies, that mm. I want to do a birthday stream on Sunday, August 7th. And the reason... 7th. No, sorry. Second? Sunday, August 9th. That's 9th. the date. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> I want to be able to have an Animal Crossing fireworks party. We're going to be talking about that new Animal Crossing update in the news in just a few minutes. Okay, okay. And this Sunday, the day after my birthday, I can't do it because... I'm so grateful that my moms are making the road trip to come and see me for my birthday. Yay! I haven't seen them since Thanksgiving of last year. That's how long oh, I've seen my moms. And so I don't know what's going to happen for the holidays this year if there's going to be another COVID spike during flu season. And mm. so, you yes, know, there will be. I was like, we were talking <laughs> about going hat. to visit each other, but you may have heard that Arizona is not doing so great right now. Um, is so, California like, doing much better? Honestly, we are. Oh, shit. Not That's like, bad. Not like a ton better, but we are doing better. Okay. And well, fair. Thankfully, it's because our governor, you know, was much more proactive and was proactive <laughs> in the early days than the government of the state of Arizona has been. And it feels like Californians. Now, this is anecdotal evidence, everybody. I'm mm. not a medical professional, mm. nor am I a professional news person. I do not work for the CDC. I do not work for the WHO. But anecdotally, anecdotally, it feels like people in California wear masks more often than people in Arizona do. Anecdotally. Mayhaps. (sighs) Mayhaps. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm happy you're going to get to see them. I know we weren't sure for a while there. Are you just going to be doing some lounging, some poolside shenanigans? Because you guys are hot over there right now. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be 100 tomorrow, I think. It's very toasty. That's that's a lot of digits. Yeah, but especially the idea is we're just going to be hanging Hanging in the backyard. Uh, we are going to make like a trip. 35 degrees Celsius, yeah. something. Yeah, something that like that. 
We are going to make a trek out to the ocean and go for a little beach walk. Mass, nice. of course, and we will make sure to stay far away from any other people that we see. But the beach is a pretty big place, and uh, actually, several <laughs> yes, of the beaches are still open, which is great as long as you know you are abiding by all the rules and not hanging out with anybody. And I just haven't been down to the water in a long time. And I know, excuse me, that they want to see the ocean as well. Oops, sorry. You got the air. There's you got air the in my air in your in your lungs. You got the air. It's either coming out your mouth or your butt. It's definitely no. not coming it's out true. my butt, everybody. It's definitely in my esophagus. Uh, out, out of all of your pores. What? <laughs> poor Backstimer if I start to fart, okay? <laughs> Brittany needs to know. <laughs> I will tell you. But I will also. Do not have a fart fetish. Do not have one. My face will record. betray me if something <laughs> wicked this way comes. <laughs> I honestly don't know if there could be anything more wicked than that one time I had the worst lamb meat burps when we ate oh. food and then recorded the show. No, okay, the worst thing I've ever smelled while recording a show was when I was back living in San Francisco on Kind of Funny and Portillo let out one of the gnarliest farts I have ever smelled come out of that dog. And it was like just a slow hit. So I think Scarpino had it first. And then it was me. And then it was Greg. And we were just like, oh, God, like somebody get an oxygen mask in here. This is really bad. Poor Porty. No, fuck that dog. <laughs> dog dog farts are. It was really bad. Oh, bad. oh yeah. It I was know. unnatural. <laughs> I don't know what they eat to make up such a disgusting gas. But it's real bad. We were traveling with my parents, and we had Reb with us, and they wanted they wanted him in their bedroom that night. We're like, okay, have Good fun. Luck. Sure, three, Go three for in it. the morning. Text message: How does this dog fart so much? <laughs> you wanted this. It's just his gastrointestinal system at work. It means he's healthy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Is it? I'm not sure. Anyway, I'll look for that for you? face Who's on you, Stimer. Yes. If Andrew lets out a big one, I'll keep an eye out. It's not, not going to happen. I, I needed to eat more roughage in my diet today in order mm. for me to have any gas. Roughage is important. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Listen, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging in there, whether this is your first episode. And if it's your first, I, I, I do. We're not normally apologize. like this. Except, yes, roughage. we are. Except, yes, we are. Uh, or your 178th episode uh, of mm. What's a Good Game. Back in my day. We listened to the podcast while we were walking to school uphill both ways in the snow. Um, yes. Um, if only we had podcasts back in those days. <laughs> it's true. We no, did not. We had burned CDs. We had burned CDs. That was what we had. It's true. Did you have like the uh, the Walkman with the that you yeah? Oh little, yeah, like the cylindrical clip? Walkman. Yeah. Also, or not, also oh. may I note that Steimer is laughing so hard that she's actually crying. I'm crying a little Literally bit. Crying. It's okay, I do that sometimes. I, I have some tear coming up. Remember the Walkman? Remember if you, you when you ran with it, you had to hold it because if you jogged too much, it would skip. Yeah, that was like the worst thing ever. Anyway, yep. thankfully I didn't jog back then. I did run because <sighs> I played soccer, but you didn't really listen to music while you were playing soccer. No, so. not not those big bitches. Anyway, That's true. We do have some news to talk to you about today. Yes. I promise that we do. We just have a, a very small announcement. I launched another weekly Twitch stream. So you guys know that every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, you can watch What's Good Games live at twitch.tv slash what's good games. And taking some inspiration from some other wonderful ladies that we've had on the show recently, I was like, you know, I want to commit to doing another Twitch stream once a week. So Anna, Andrea's Animal Crossing Afternoons was born. So Wednesday. Triple A. 
the triple A. That's right, everybody. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time. You can join me booping around on my island. Now, will there be days that maybe I don't play Animal Crossing? Potentially. But well, it has to be a title that starts with the letter A. I'll work on it. <laughs> and will there maybe come a day when I decide to transition that stream away from Animal Crossing to something else? Probably. Because there are lots of games out there to play. But join us Wednesdays. And by us, I mean me and sometimes in the chat. Um, at 1 p.m. Pacific time for some more Twitch action. And as I mentioned, a uh, birthday stream will happen Sunday, August 9th. Time still 9th TBD. or 7th. We've said both of those days. August 7th is incorrect. The 9th is correct. Got it. Because... Yes, yeah, 7th is a Friday, so yes. <laughs> yes. Ninth. Yes. <sighs> and thank you to this month's Patreon producers. Chewy's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Ate, Mohammed Mohammed, Marcus Brown, Punctified, and Male Bittner. And welcome to our Patreon community, Tanya DePass. Oh, hey, Tanya. Good to see you. She was featured on Patreon's The Show Up with us. Kate Duhamel and Vile Cash Gaming. I do want to remind everybody, if you don't like listening to advertisements and you think to yourself, you know... Those ads, those What's Good Games girls do, go for so long and they make so many lewd jokes. You know, we have an ad-free version of the podcast available at patreon.com slash what's good games for just $5 a month. They get you access to not only our monthly exclusive happy hour Q&A, but also our monthly exclusive vlogs. Anything else that we put on the feed, like voting for Patreon segments and other polls that we put up. Plus, you don't have to listen to ads. You can listen to the podcast ad-free. Patreon.com slash What's Good Games. And Brittany, we've also Uh, got some new podcast reviewers. We do. We have I Read All of Them, who says, I'm eight, (laughs) and I love this podcast and video games. I hope that's a lie. I hope you're not eight. Please don't be eight. I feel like we've had another young child leave us a similar comment in the past. But, you know, they all got to learn about stuff at some point. And I guess we are. But are we the ones to be teaching them? Samer, look how great we all turned out. I, you know? you know, you're not wrong there. I think we're all pretty swell. We're, we're pretty very swell. swell. Very swell. We have Cito the Hunter, Super Saiyan Dave, and Ed Skeet 77, who says, without the listener even trying, they bring you into their What's Good community and deliver great entertainment and video game news. And pineapple does belong on pizza. Yes, thank you. Vindicated. Vindicated by Ed Skeet. And ladies, we have a one-star review that I feel compelled to read. I know some folks don't like it when I read the one-star reviews because they think they think they think it it invites other asshats to leave one-star reviews. But I will say that's not the case. I've looked at the charts. I've looked at the math. It actually does the opposite. Anyway, this one comes from I am the ghost of Sushima. No, you're not. <clears throat> I don't know why I gave this podcast a one-star review. I am gonna play Ghost of Sushima now. Pepega clap. Pepega clap. Pepica clap, and then like 18 emojis of the person giving the shrug. So, that, all right. Listen, you know, of all of the one star reviews, this is very not personal. <laughs> so, it's I'm not fine. personal. But at the same time, it's funny, it's silly, but this does affect our ratings, right? It's yeah, so a one star review. So, please don't do that. But also, if you want to counter the ghost of Tsushima, who really isn't the ghost of Tsushima, uh, please leave us a five-star review. Go to your podcast platform and let us know how much, how swell you think we are. It and really maybe does help. name yourself the fox of Tsushima. There you go. So you could be yeah. the fox of Tsushima. You could. But I highly doubt you're actually the ghost of Tsushima. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. All right. And on that note, let's get into the news. But before we do that, I do want to let you know that this week's news segment is brought to you by Honey. 
We've talked about Honey here on What's Good Games before, and I am personally a very big fan of Honey. So what is Honey, you might be asking? Well, it's this fantastic online shopping tool that's going to save you money because we all shop online. We've seen the promo code field that taunts us at checkout, but thanks to Honey... Manually searching for those coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. It supports over 30,000 stores online, and they range from sites that have tech and gaming products and even food delivery and even home goods. So as you guys know, I've been obsessed with Animal Crossing and decorating at Animal Crossing, (laughs) and I've been nesting, so I've been trolling some sites. And I was looking on Williams-Sonoma, and I was like, hmm, looking for stuff, looking for stuff. And then John Apley reminded me, hey, our soda stream broke. So, of course, honey comes to the rescue. I clicked that apply coupon button, and boom, I saved $19.70, you guys, on my new soda stream. A thing I was going to buy anyway. Honey's like, I'm here to save you money. When you're at checkout... The honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds. They search the internet for all the coupons they can find and boom. If they find a working coupon, they'll drop that price. Or they'll tell you, hey, yo, there ain't no coupons. You got the best price, which is also very helpful. So you don't waste your time. Go searching for coupons Mm -hmm. that don't exist. Mm -hmm. Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings, everybody. And if you don't already have it and you're like, how the heck do I get Honey? If you want to help us out here at What's Good Games, you've got to go to joinhoney.com slash what's good. Sign up for your Honey account and then you can install the Chrome extension to always have that button pop up. So you got to go to joinhoney.com dot com slash what's good to join for free join honey dot com slash what's good supports what's good games and saves you money so you can buy more stuff so there's some interesting news that we're starting out the day with some marvel's avengers news would you like to take it away i would absolutely love that thank you for the honor Hawkeye is Marvel's avengers first post-launch hero this comes from polygon this game not even launched yet there you go. That's the world we live in. On July 29th, Crystal Dynamics hosted its second War Table stream for Marvel's Avengers. The studio previewed the game's upcoming beta and gave players a look at Hawkeye, the game's first post-launch hero. The Marvel's Avengers version of Hawkeye is Clint Barton, the same character Jeremy Renner plays in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hawkeye will play like players expect, slinging all kinds of arrows across the battlefield. In the cinematic trailer, we see Hawkeye use a combination of melee and his signature arrows. Black Widow also mentions shock arrows, so Hawkeye fans should expect a variety of arrow types. When Hawkeye launches later sometime after launch, he'll come with his own campaign, part of what Crystal Dynamics calls the Avengers Initiative. Players can play this campaign in co-op or in single player. Based on the new war table, players should expect a similar content drop around other post-launch heroes. All post-launch heroes, including Hawkeye, are free for all Marvel Avengers players. Also, regarding Marvel's Avengers, Crystal Dynamics announced a tie-in event with Fortnite, ladies. Oh my god, does that blow up your skirt? I I mean, not really, but it's not surprising. (laughs) They did the whole Thanos bit a while back when the movie came out. Yeah, they've done done their fair share with Marvel's Avengers. Exactly. So starting August 7th, players can jump into Marvel's Avengers beta on PlayStation 4 with other versions coming later in the month. And by completing the beta and some in-game challenges, PS4 and Xbox One players can earn the Hulk Smash pickaxe, including an Iron Man Hulk Buster style version of the pickaxe for Fortnite. It appears PC players aren't able to earn these new items, although Epic will add both pickaxes in the in-game store at a later date. So I threw in the photo there in the notes. I think that looks really fun. 
Wait, wait, no. Why are you booing? I'm what? booing because it says the PC players can't do it. Oh. It appears, it, it appears PC players aren't able to earn these new items that the Epic will add both pickaxes. So that is odd, but I guess if they're playing the beta on Steam, then Epic would not be incentivized to give them, you know, rewards. Who's to say? It also says it appears, so that means that the author did not 100% know whether or not this was the case. So uh, mm-hmm. I guess TBD. TBD. So we have a few questions. So one of the other perks of being one of our patrons is you get to ask us questions on our Wednesday show. So we have two. We have one from Andy T. and from Mitch Krasen. The first one comes from Andy T. Hi, Team WGG. That rhymed, kind of. With regards to the new Avengers game, how much damage has been done to the game, do you think, by the developers not removing themselves from the movie franchise entirely? We see styling from the movies, but the characters seem wrong because we are all expecting Downey, Hemsworth, and company. Should they have stood strong and gone in a whole new style for the Avengers, or have they caved to please fans? Keep up the awesome work. Andy T. I don't know how I feel about this question, Andy. I gotta be honest, because... They're basing their artistic renderings of the Avengers off of the comic books where the Avengers originated, not off of the movies. And Crystal Dynamics has been very clear about that, that their story of the Avengers is set in a completely original timeline from the MCU storyline of the Avengers. And I know this because I had the privilege of hosting a panel with them, the Avengers Showcase at E3 last year. And so I got to hear directly from the team and directly from the people at Marvel. Like, um, and I, I just, I feel like we, okay. I, hmm. I got frustrated that so many fans got so stuck on this idea that the characters in Marvel's Avengers needed to look like the actors in the MCU. And that's probably because I know how the business back end of that works and how much actor likeness rights cost and the royalties that they would have to pay someone like Scarlett Johansson to make her Black Widow in the game, even though she literally probably would have done nothing, including voice the character. If they used her face and her likeness, they would have had to just give her millions of dollars in in profit sharing from the game. And I'm sure both Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics and also Marvel were like, like that doesn't seem right. Chris, uh, Scarlett's getting her money from the movies. Like she's getting her paycheck from the work that she did, and like she probably shouldn't get a paycheck for not doing any work. Not for- only that, this is a entirely separate storyline. Right. So like it wouldn't right. actually make any sense to have Scarlett's widow be this widow. Right. Exactly. So just like a little like business side of the business, like that's really a big reason why. But Steimer's point is even more important that. Crystal Dynamics wanted to make a story that wasn't tied to the canon of the MCU because that would just entangle a lot of things for fans and would also kind of handcuff what they could do creatively because they would have to, you know, be beholden to what events took place in the MCU. And so now they're like, hey, we can still work with this comic book lore. And it really does look like from what we've seen from these war tables, they are digging deep into those Marvel vaults to pull some really obscure bits from the comic books into this game. Obviously, we're not going to know for certain how deep that goes until the game comes out, which is honestly really, really soon. I think it's a boon for Crystal Dynamics and Square that Cyberpunk got pushed to November out of September. So now they kind of have a relatively open window because destiny got pushed too yeah i think i think probably what they're more aiming at is that a more casual generalized audience might pick up this game seeing the avengers logo 
thinking it is in some way tied to the movies that came out. Um, I think in that sense, the fact that this game has been delayed over a year has actually very much helped it because yes. there's that space for a consumer who might be more casual, uh, but still enjoy this franchise to dive in and be a little bit more open-minded. I think if this had come out when it was originally intended to come out, it would have been a much bigger problem for them. And I think their sentiment would have actually tanked a lot more. Um, but where we are now in the life cycle of both those movies and this game, I think they're sort of in the sweet spot where people still do remember the movie. They may still be searching for it. They may still be interested in it, but they aren't necessarily, they don't have such a close connection where it just came out and they've just saw Scarlett Johansson be Black Widow. And they just saw all these actors, Chris Evans being this like, and they expect that face to show up on their screen. Um, I think that that has dulled a little bit and they'll be okay. Good job, ladies. You nailed that question. I don't have a horse in this race. So that was a very that was a very compelling answer. Thank you for your insight. Next. You're okay. welcome. Mitch Krasen has a follow-up question. For Avengers, I understand they're holding off on some Captain America gameplay due to the way their story functions, but do you think it is a mistake to not really show much of his gameplay comparatively prior to release? He is a significant portion of what will be gameplay, and we haven't seen anything of him in months. I don't know if it's like... Because they have showed him. They showed him at the very beginning. Um, I'm going to be completely honest here. Like, I don't know how deep any of these characters, like, gameplay trees really go. I don't know how much more different he's really going to feel than what they've already showed. Uh, he's going to throw his shield around and he's going to punch people. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. It was really satisfying to do that as him during the demo. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'll agree in the sense that I think it's a little odd maybe to me that they're their story function is built on him like being gone and a lot of it. And I'm like, I thought it was dumb, but straight up. we all know superhero stories. We all know, like, unless you see that person die, they're not dead. Right. Um, and so I just think it's a little bit odd to try and be sticking to this thing that it feels like literally everybody knows is not true. Yeah. So I brought this up when we had the opportunity to interview the dev team and play the game. As Brittany mentions, we got to get hands on with the game at a PAX uh, quite a few months ago now. And we all had a really good time playing. It was really fun. And I think the reason why I felt so upset even more so getting to play as Captain America and then knowing that they made this big you know, kind of like show of him being gone or something like air quotes dying. Obviously he's not dying, but I was like, why, why did you guys do that? Like it's clearly he's going to be part of this. You wouldn't create a character as iconic as Captain America and then give us some gameplay to play and then say that he's gone. Yeah. It Thank would just you. feel really, You're the best. really bizarre to even bother showing him in the first place. If he was only going to be in the first 30 minutes of the game, um, it just, I mean, he might not be in all of it, but he's definitely got to be in there more than that. Yeah. And for the record, when I asked them this question point blank in a press interview, they did not give me an answer. It was, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they can't, right? Like, yeah. they're like, no, he's gone. And you're like, but like, but he's not like, this is sort of the worst kept secret. Like, how could he be? Yeah. You Like, you really, you really bothered to model this character. You bothered to animate this character. You bothered to build out this character's um skill trees you bothered to like do all of this shit just for him to be in this game for 30 minutes like i really doubt that right um that was my big point too and i i it was clear that the team did not 
have an answer that they were comfortable sharing in front of a room full of press. And I'm very, you know, grateful that I've gotten to work with the team at Square Enix on several projects and gotten to work with the team at Crystal Dynamics on a couple things. And, you know, I, so I have a little bit more of a rapport. And so maybe they, you know, you know, we're a little bit more like, hey, why are you giving us such a hard time? And I was like, well, because like, because you people are asking us, obviously, like Mitch, Mitch is asking us about this. And we like, we want to know, like, why did you guys make that call? But I think honestly, what it comes down to is that someone in the marketing team was like, this is how we're going to spin this. They built all these assets. And then afterwards, I'm sure somebody was like, yo, but this doesn't like these are the questions we're going to get from fans about like why we're doing this. And they're like, it's too late. We've already spent all the money making this asset. We're going with this, Bob. You shut <laughs> up down there. Be quiet, Damn Bob. It, Bob. Damn it, Bob. And Damn Bob's it, like, Bob, but, why you ruin everything? But the internet's going to be mad. And they're like, we don't care, Bob. The internet's always going to be mad. And I mean, you're not wrong on that point. <laughs> but wow. um, I mean, that's real. That's real. <laughs> but yeah, Poor I do Bob. think it's a little, it's a little strange. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure once we play the game, it will hopefully make sense and everything will feel just fine. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, the beta. The beta is out next week. We will have impressions for you guys in next week's show. We're very excited to play and I'm definitely excited for this game to come out. I honestly think that with each war table that they put out that they're showing more and more of a positive look at the game and then people are getting more interested. And th- that was my feeling when I saw this game for the first time back at E3. I felt like I was... In such a minority, I felt like so many people were like, this game looks like trash. Andrea's paid off. She, Of course she <laughs> likes it. She works with Square. And I'm like, no, dude, I feel like Crystal Dynamics is a great studio that's put out really awesome games that are fun to play. And they're trying something different. And instead of the internet giving them a chance to prove that it's going to be different and fun, they're just shitting all over it because they think it's the funny, cool thing to do. And I'm not about that. Sure. There you go. I do think it looks probably a little bit more, I don't want to say generic because that sounds incorrect, but more stereotypical action game. Um, But I do think it looks fun and I think it will be fun because it's Avengers and like sometimes you just want to have dumb fun. So I feel, I feel like to me, what I equate this game to is like a popcorn flick of a, of a movie. This Mm -hmm. is not going to be something that I necessarily go in having high expectations of even story, which I'm, I know Crystal can usually pull off, but for this, I'm I'm expecting it to be like a fun, dumb time. And that's a, okay. You want to put Hulk in a suit in a suit is kind of, I do. I want to put Hulk in his pinstripe suit. I want (laughs) to walk around and like have weird cutscenes with him in it. Just being dapper and shit. That's going to be great. I feel like that's why ultimate Alliance was really successful because it was doing what Marvel does best and leaning into who these characters are, what their origins are. And is it going to light the world on fire? No, like I honestly don't think that this is going to get the critical acclaim that, you know, like, even a Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah. got yeah. on PS4. Right. I don't think it's going to hit that level of acclaim because no. I just don't, I think what they're trying to do is much too ambitious, but I think that this game is good. Like Simon said, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope that people, give it a chance before they shit on it. Just Oh, just they thought. won't, though. Andrea, if, you do, if you do, then you can't shit on it. <laughs> That's the yeah, point. And you shitting know? on okay. things is a fun yeah. thing. You too. have to shit on things you don't know about. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Simmer it's like you don't you poop where you eat. Like, you know, you got if you're going to do the thing, you're going to do it over where you have no interest in going because otherwise it's too close it to home. Because it doesn't affect you. Yeah, because it's not. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
that's some deep shit. No pun intended. That's super deep. Um, some more uh, clarification on the beta. So if you have it pre-ordered, like Andrea said, it's August 7th through August 9th. If you have not pre-ordered, there's two weekends, August 14th through the 16th and August 21st through the 23rd. And you'll have four character, four heroes, excuse me, to play from. There's going to be a taste of co-op stuff, single player stuff. So I'm excited. I was, obviously, I'm a casual fan. I couldn't tell you much about any of these characters. I know Hulk's a big green dude. And that's honestly all I really care about. He nailed it. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for. It's kind of like when I played Spider-Man, I really got invested in the the lore of Spider-Man. Like while I played it. And then as soon as I stopped playing it, I kind of forgot about everything. But since it happened. Uh, He got bit by a spider and turned into a Spider-Man. I know that much. Also, his family member dies. One family member dies. There's villains and he usually beats them. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Usually. By the skin of his spider teeth. The villains are usually really interesting, and I want to learn more about them. Blah blah blah. They bite. Anyway, they're talking about spiders. Okay. Um, (laughs) Next story. (laughs) Next story. Let's text Anna Barlog real quick. Oh yeah, let's text Anna. Brittany, when I asked her because you said spider teeth, I was like, I was like, I looked at Steimer, obviously our resident spider expert, and I said, do spiders have teeth? And then she said, let's text Anna Barlog. Okay. (laughs) I actually, I am going to text Anna. So we will. Spiders have teeth. We're just Googling it now, everybody. Live on the show. In its most common use, spiders bite their prey and inject venom, which immobilizes. They have no teeth and rely on the venom to liquefy their prey. But how do you inject the venom into a thing without a tooth? Through fangs? But no. that, or is, that, is a fang not a tooth? Maybe. No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think spreaders have these little things, and they, then they inject what, uh, venom through it. They're not yeah. called pincers, are they? What are they called? Maybe. I mean, to me, when I think teeth, I'm thinking just essentially fangs. Okay, for, here yeah, we go, here for we go. The venom, for the venom distribution... So the venom distribution comes from the hollow fangs. They're so which hollow. It contains, Is that why it's not and, a, considered a tooth? And it includes enzymes to start to liquidize their prey. Yeah. So um, that's great. I really do like learning about sort of shit like this. I don't know why, but it is very fun to me. It is fascinating how different species have evolved to uh, kill their prey. Oh, are spider fangs teeth? People also ask. Yes, Google. This is the question that we all are wondering. That's you, exactly what I'm looking at. <laughs> um, so inject venom through the hollow fangs. We already talked about that. I guess we have to look for the definition of a tooth and whether or not the tooth can't be hollow. Because if they're saying they're hollow fangs, maybe the reason they're saying it's not teeth is because it's, it's hollow hmm. and not yeah. full of bone. Fangs bone. versus teeth. <laughs> we are what not the are... first person on Google to look for this. <laughs> okay. What are spider fangs made of? The fangs are a composite of protein and chitin, a carbohydrate molecule found in the shells of many insects. Okay. So, yeah, it's not a bone. So, so it's a fang. So a fang is okay. a long okay. pointed tooth, it says, though. It says tooth. In mammals, I, though, a fang is a modified yeah. maxilla, maxillary, max, maxillary, maxillary tooth used for biting and tearing flesh. Spiders also have external fangs, which are part of the chelicerae. Chel- must oh, be part no of their fucking like, idea what that is. I would guess. So yeah, it's like okay. Apparently, you can have different kinds of fangs. You can have fangs made of protein, which is like what spiders have, or you can have fangs like our vicious animals have, Andrea, like Mav and Reb, vicious fangs because they're vicious killers made of bone. Uh, fangs are made I of found bone. I found another lizard inside the house without a tail. Okay. Oh lord. But the it tails was still alive. The Here's tails the are designed to fall off. Everybody. I'm suddenly of much lizards? more afraid to yes. play grounded. You know, but like the tails that are missing for these from these lizards are not because it fell off. It's because my cat bit the tail off. Because he's a vicious fucking killer. Still, 
Well, I don't. I haven't seen the butts of these lizards, but they're a like lot. Little, they're like little geckos. A lot. A lot of lizard tails are actually a okay being detached. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean he yeah. is still alive. So this is the thing: is that John keeps thinking that Mav is killing these lizards, and I'm like, no, he's just no. harassing them. To no, him. he's definitely yeah. just like mutilating them and then leaving them alive because I find them and then they play dead, and I was like, it's really not dead because then I like get a little cup and I pick yeah. it up. And I bring it over to like the dirt patch where the lizards live, and then as soon as I set it down in their dirt patch, it, it runs away. Is there like a dirt patch on your property where the lizards live, like a specific yeah. dirt patch? Yes, there is because so, it leads. There's a little grate that leads to the crawl space that goes underneath our house because in California we don't have basements. And I know that when I moved here from the Midwest, it was like the biggest shock of my life to be like, wait, nobody, nobody has a basement. Like there's, there's just no, there's just no basements. It's yeah. like no, no. California just basements we don't, don't exist. Yeah, we don't make. You don't need a, here. You don't need a tornado basement in California. <laughs> um, in North Dakota, you do. Uh, so we have a crawl space under our house, like a lot of older houses have, and that's there's like a grate, like it's a very small grate, so you know animals like rodents and shit can't get in there, but little lizards right. can sneak in there. Oh, Gecko's you little tails are designed to fall off. Oh, there, yeah, good. A lot of small lizards. I just wasn't sure if gecko was one of them. I just. I remember that from when I had I grew up in Seattle and we still had little lizards around there and like their tails would just, the cats would also terrorize them and the tails would fall off but they would be fine. Yeah, all the things you never thought you'd learn today on what's good games. Oh man, today on animal facts. <laughs> Speaking of animals, our next story is all about Animal Crossing. Oh, look at that segue. New Horizons okay. I next update. I set it up update. for you, baby girl. <laughs> Thank you so much, Timer. You're very welcome. <laughs> so if you guys missed the big announcement and me very much excited on Twitter about this new update. So we knew that there was going to be an update when they announced swimming for the July update. And they said there's another update happening in the beginning of August. That update is happening this week. And it's adding fireworks. Oh, my God. Uh, Dream Islands and OMG Island backups and restoration. Thank you. Oh, wait. That's not a thing that's existing. Yes, nope. Oh. nope. Nope. Oh, nope. We, we had a big, yeah, we had a big story about this and how bad it was like months ago. I've already forgotten. You guys well, know me. Simon doesn't you remember. Know me. My brain, if it's week. not like pertinent information or about spider fangs, it just leaves my brain. <laughs> you won't forget the info about spider fangs. I really that. won't. I'm going to be I... like, they're hollow fangs, everybody. Made not full of bone. It's true. It's true. Today you learned. Animal Crossing New Horizons Summer Update, writes IGN. Wave 2 will arrive on June also, I realized the framing of this is all bad because I framed it for John. Um, the summer update will arrive on June 30th, 2020 <laughs> for YouTube.com slash What's Good Games Watchers. And it will bring with it a weekly fireworks show, the ability to visit others' islands while dreaming, and the long-awaited island backup and restoration services. Brittany, could you yep. please read the rest of the story? So you can frame? I was about to say, because you. you need to fix yourself. <laughs> <laughs> With this new service, Nintendo Switch Online members can enable this new backup system that will automatically upload island and user save data to the internet at certain times. If you were to lose or break your Switch and this was enabled, Nintendo customer support would be able to get you back on your island as you last left it. Yay. Furthermore, furthermore, Nintendo has reminded us that this is separate from the save data cloud functionality offered for other games. So the option to move an island to another Switch that wasn't lost, stolen, or damaged is still not ready. However, later this year, Nintendo will release an update that will allow players to move users and save data to another system. 
As for the fireworks show, this will take place every Sunday at 7 p.m. Players can redeem bells for raffle tickets in the plaza to, quote, get various festive items. Players will even be able to upload custom firework designs to see their creations light up the night sky. Lastly, the dreaming feature will begin when players choose to take a nap in any bed placed oh in God. their home. Yes. Once asleep, Luna will greet you and give you a chance to visit other islands as a dream or give you the chance to allow others to visit yours. This is different from visiting another island through multiplayer as nothing you do is permanent or saved. So players are free to explore others' islands without consequence. All it takes to visit one of these dream islands is getting that person's dream address. What? Room. Wait, so they made lucid dreaming happen in this game? Yes. This is lucid dreaming. Yes. This is. At the end of the video, a tease for the fall update was given and features a carved pumpkin, hinting that Halloween <gasps> will be the focus. <gasps> Yeah. Okay, I've been watching a lot of TV shows over and over again because it's what I do. I'm one of those people where, for anxiety, you just watch shows you've already yeah. seen a million times. Um, and they always have Halloween episodes. And I'm like, oh my god, Halloween is coming up. And I don't really care much about Halloween, except it's the season of candy corn. And I could there not be more excited. Every year, it's the same thing with Samer. Yeah, it is. Corn. I'm very tra- I like the candy corn. I like the can or the. Yeah, candy, wait, candy corn and the candy canes. Sorry, candy corn, candy canes. Those are my two seasonal bests. What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a fuck ton of candy corn. I'm going to make a little candy corn trail leading from Steimer's apartment in California to my house in Washington. That would be so many candy corns. It would. But think of all the candy corn you'd get. And at the very end, you'd be greeted by me, maybe naked. Who could say? I mean, can you make candy corn? What if you made like a candy corn bikini? Just saying, that'd be pretty hot. Like it was like crochet, but candy corns. Like like the like the edible underwear that we ate. Yes, Andrea. Yes. Yes. Okay, I can do that too. I mean, that would be amazing. I I really like candy corn. I mean, I I talk to you every week, but I miss being in person. Anyway, no, it's not the same. It's not the same, Brittany. Andrea, I have a question though for you because someone on Twitter. Was like, yo, are you going to recreate Brit's faces in the fireworks? And you said, <gasps> maybe. Why maybe? Why not 100%? Because we're not sure how hard that's going to be. Because right now, the tools that you can create custom designs in with on your own talent and not using like the one tool that I found online to do the square designs, it's really difficult to draw in those pixels because there's a good amount of pixels, but there's not enough pixels that you can get really fine shapes. So I can make your face as long as you're okay with it being very derpy and potentially not recognizable as even your face. Have you seen the portraits yeah. she makes of us? That's fair, Steimer. Listen, Steimer, I gave you the most luscious lips anyone you has did. ever had. You did. You gave me some injectables. <laughs> they were nice. And, I, and I need to know. Seen, That's all, Brett. Yeah. Britt, I need to know I, what the tools are before I can make the majesty that is your face, okay? Thank you. But I just want an artistic rendition. It doesn't have to be, you know, pixel for pixel, face for face. Or that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, face for face. Face for face. Just however you interpret. If it's just a big splash of red and orange, that's good enough for me. Ooh, so I do want to ask, though, if I'm going to make Britney's face, mm-hmm. what is like the one feature that i need to make sure to she's, get right she's is it the, the blonde, lips? it's is it the, the hair blue eyes is it the blonde hair it could be the, hair. It could be the mouth for a, really for a fire only because it's for a firework and so i'm like for a firework the thing i think you can get the most right is like a lot of whitish goldish around the halo hmm. yeah so i could do the mouth like da- the downward mouth like the dirt yeah. mouth and then just white and gold of, on the yes. outside i think that that alone should be recognizable chef's kiss Dirt, mouth and hair got it and then Perfect. if i can't if i can 
if we can get if we get can get more tool, detail than that, then we're good. But we'll like get that, the eyes that alone should do the trick. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Dirt mouth. Okay. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> no, I was very excited about this. I am a big fireworks fan. I think I mentioned it when we were talking about the Fourth of July, or maybe I mentioned it in my vlog that. I missed very much being able to go see fireworks for the 4th of July this year because of what was happening. And I like how we're such different people. I'm like, I don't like loud noises. Please no. I live for fireworks show. And apparently there was a bunch of fireworks that were let off around the city of Los Angeles oh, and the county. Oh, the girl, yeah, you should have just come to my house because oh, no, I heard lit them. Up. I heard lots of them. I saw a couple through the trees, but it's not the same as like going to like a fireworks show. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like downtown Disney, the fireworks show or whatever. I feel you on that. Yeah. So I missed that. So I'm excited for this and I'm excited for just more stuff to do. And the dreams I think are going to be really fun. Being able to visit other people's islands is really exciting. Taking And be like, I'm stopping through your flowers. And you're like, but it doesn't actually do anything. It might just be very cathartic. Yeah. I just love taking inspiration from other people's design so choices. So you're too positive for me right now. <laughs> So I was like, destruction. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I was look like, at the really cute flowers she put on her beach. Yeah, I'm like, but you could see that in real life. Why not see, Why not destroy those flowers in the dream? Because it means nothing. There are no consequences in dream world. If that's lucid dreams, man. That's why people try to train themselves to do them. Yeah. So you can do all sorts of fucked up shit in your dreams. You could be like, I'm flying now, and then you'll fly. Yeah. Boy, oh exactly. boy. Well, we got peak salty Steimer, everybody. Um... <laughs> All right, moving on. Our next story is all about a brand new game that's in early access that we saw in the Xbox Games Showcase. Grounded is already a hit on Steam. So over at GameSpot, they write that Grounded has had such a strong debut, shooting to the top of Steam's top sellers list after yesterday's launch. The Honey, I Shrunk the Kids-inspired survival game is an experiment of sorts for developer Obsidian Entertainment. Grounded's concept is a curious mix between Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as we mentioned, and a survival game like Rust or The Forest. You play as one of four teenagers in 1990, either solo or with up to three other friends, all of whom are shrunk down to the size of mere millimeters as part of an experiment. From here, you find yourself trapped in a backyard full of hostile insects and creatures. You're going to need to cook food and find water, construct a base and craft weapons and items to fend off spiders and other creepy crawlies that are trying to kill you. Granted, quickly became the top-selling game on Steam after launching in early access, despite being freely available as part of Xbox Game Pass for PC as well. Steam DB shows a current concurrent player peak of 12,543 players that puts it, puts it near the top of Steam's top 100 most played games. However... Bottom. Oh, sorry. Puts it near the bottom of the top 100. But it's in the top 100. And <laughs> but you know it's still how many in games the top are on Steam? Way more than 100. Oh. Way more. <laughs> Way more than 100. But thank you for that clarification. Didn't mean to confuse anybody. Not However, counted. this doesn't take into account those playing on Game Pass or via the Windows Store. These numbers jump in terms of Twitch views too, with the survival game reaching the top three spots in terms of viewers on the streaming platform now Brittany, the most important question i have for you is have you yeah. actually seen honey i shrunk the kids yes well oh. kind of oh. okay so here's the thing we <laughs> talked about this with zombie last week i know i remember seeing particular scenes like when the dad sees the kids for the first time and they're itty bitty i think they're like an attic or something i don't remember they're like in a basement 
basement or at, yeah, 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 top or bottom. His lab basement. Uh, so I remember like bits and pieces, which Creepy leads me dad. to believe I've seen the whole movie at some point. I know. But, so, okay, but, but yeah, but it's just at this point, it's just bits and pieces. Bits and pieces, like every other movie I've maybe sort of seen. I can't wait for our our last segment of this show, by the way. Which do you want to tell everybody what it is, Brittany? Uh, oh, are we doing it? Did you two decide yeah. what you oh, want yeah, to do? No, oh, yeah, I have we're a list. doing it. Okay, so for the third segment of this show, Andrea and Steimer are going to give me movie titles, and I'm going to guess the plot of them based off of that alone. Um, yeah, that's that's the stick. I'm wondering if I should get be able to have like a lifeline, like give me one little like tidbit about each movie, so I can run with it. But yeah, we don't for have sure. To- Okay, yeah, okay. we can give you like little leads here and there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But going back to the story, because, you know, <laughs> I think this is really, really great for Obsidian Entertainment. I will fully admit I was one of the ones who saw Grounded at first. And I was like, it looks fun. It looks fine. But when you think of Obsidian, you don't think Grounded, right? Uh, and I'm, it's great. It's, I'm seeing it all over my timeline. I feel like everyone's playing this game and they're talking about how great it is. And I think that's awesome. They tried something new and it's paying off. So good job. I want to try it. Maybe we could, like, do a stream of it. Yes, I'm in. I know Zombie has been playing, and I just downloaded it on the Xbox. And as we discovered in our interview with Aaron Greenberg from last week, which apparently a bunch of people are sourcing now, go what's good games? Uh, there are over 10 million people who have Xbox Game Pass. And so clearly there's a bunch more people that are potentially playing it that Steam cannot show. But it is interesting that people are going to Steam when it's, Part right? of Game Pass, but that's probably People why he was those... like, "Don't worry about Microsoft; we'll keep making money." <laughs> also, let's just talk about let's toot our own horn here for a bit, Andrea. How yeah. I feel like every freaking editorial company website everywhere, everyone is picking up that interview. Yay! I'm getting so many notifications from you because know, I have Buzzsumo. I'm subscribed to Buzzsumo. So whenever what's good games is in anything on the internet, I get a little alert. My inbox is flooded, flooded. Yes, that's fantastic. Very Go good. Team. See, this Go is team. this is why we appreciate our friends at Xbox for giving us the opportunity. I am very grateful that I've known Aaron for a very long time, and he is a really great guy. And so when they said, you know, he's got a very limited schedule, but, you know, we want to make time for What's Good Games, we were like, thank you, Xbox, for considering us. We appreciate that. And yeah. we, you know, you guys, if you listen to the episode from last week, you heard the whole interview. Like, we asked him a bunch of really dumb questions at the end because we're like, it's What's Good Games. we got to ask you some dumb questions. Uh, but we had to ask a couple, you know, a couple good ones. So, Big girl questions. Only a couple. Just a couple. Just well, a couple. Here's my thing. And I told Brittany this before we did the interview. And this is like real talk. I've done literally thousands of these interviews at this point in my career. Literally thousands. That's not an exaggeration. So I've heard every PR deflection in the freaking book everyone we're not talking about that yet or we'll have I used to write the- some of those yes <laughs> <Stein knows> exactly <laughs> all these deflections and so like i don't bother asking those questions anymore because i'm not at an outlet where i have to because i know that this is our show and it's what we want to talk about and a lot of these pr people i know and i'm like just tell me are you going to answer questions about this stuff or not and most of the time they're like we're not answering questions about that so i don't even bother asking we only had like 15 minutes with aaron so i was like i don't want to ask him a bunch of questions or he's gonna be like we're not talking about that today or no comment yeah everything or he's gonna give me some like bs answers and that happens a lot you know during interviews where we'll get like run around answers from dip teams because they don't have an answer that they can publicly tell us yet or they don't have an answer that they can publicly tell us ever and so I don't 
I don't want to waste my time with those questions anymore. And our thing at What's Good Games has always been about positive, upbeat coverage. That's what we like talking about. That's what we like doing. We want we want developers to feel excited to come on What's Good Games and talk about their games, that we're not going to gotcha them. We're not going to try to trap them into questions where they're going to get these bad pickup quotes. We want them to be happy and excited about the games that they're making because their games make us happy and excited. And that's what we've always been about. And so... I wanted to make sure that we ad- we asked some fun questions of Aaron, but I did want to ask him a bunch of questions about like nitty gritty specifics on things that I knew he wasn't going to give us answers to. But the profitability question about Xbox Game Pass is something that has come up on this show and other shows several times of like, you know, how profitable are they? And so I think it was really good to hear him just outright say, yo, uh, we are good. We're Microsoft. We're one of the most profitable. We companies have on planet very Earth. good backing. <laughs> literally, literally trillions uh, of dollars of 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 worth in Microsoft. So he's like, we're we're fine. We're good. You know, don't and, worry about us. You know, yeah. and, and and Satya Nadella, who is obviously in charge of Microsoft, has spoken openly to Phil Spencer, and Phil Spencer has then you know relayed to everybody about. Microsoft commitment to Xbox and to gaming as a brand and as a as a lifestyle culture and also as a revenue stream for Microsoft. And so I was really glad to hear that they're like, we're good. We think that the value proposition is in giving that value back to fans. And I was like, that's awesome. I feel like more companies need to do that. And I'm really excited to hear that Xbox is doing that. Now, are there still some criticism that we could come up with around Game Pass? Of course there are. Like, we could find something to nitpick about literally anything. But... I liked that they got out in front of it and said, yo, we're good. We're Microsoft. We're rich, bitch. We don't need to. We don't need to <laughs> got them Gucci bags for all these crazy shit. We can just give stuff away and hope that you buy I mean, I think that that's, that's really good. And I mean, I mean, it's not, I mean, depending on how your business model works, it should yeah. be fine. Um, but I will say a company like Sony does not always have that much liquidity behind it like no. obviously sony is a giant company but that doesn't mean all parts of that company were healthy at any point um so microsoft is obviously much bigger in that sense in terms of health like a lot of the the operating systems and the things that it works on are things that are just inherent money makers and so i i like that they're basically truthful in the fact that hey we could technically take a bit of a loss here and it'd be fine yes mm-hmm. audience yeah. retention man yeah, that's I think that's super it. great. I think anything that's very consumer forward is very different for what we're all used to, uh, but it is a very positive change. Yes. There you go. Boom. Okay, boom. I, I'm sure there was a segue here, but I admittedly am a little tipsy from that one glass of whiskey I had. I don't oh, know what's going all on. All right, all right. Let's talk about whatever we got next. Oh, yeah. Which is PlayStation 5. So I was say, okay, talking great about segue. next. <laughs> fucked it up. Thank you, Simon. I fucked up your beautiful segue. Oh, okay, so, so de- this comes from our friends at Destructoid. Details leak about a PlayStation 5 system level feature called Activities. What? Wait, how, okay, how exciting is this going to be? Well, I mean, based on this headline. Let's just go. So the PlayStation <laughs> 5 will seemingly have a dedicated function for getting the player directly into specific parts of a game. It's a feature called Activities, and we're first learning about it via media preview leak. Recently, European outlet Gamer Reactor. No, Game Reactor. Game Reactor. There we go. Preview racing game WRC9, which will launch on both current and next-gen consoles. In the presentation, which is presumably done remotely and controlled by the developer and our publisher, the activities function was demonstrated and described as, quote, an instant deep deep link to specific races directly from the PS5 menu. Game Reactor has obviously since pulled this preview. 
It seems as though activities is a way to jump into specific content without booting the game to the menu. For instance, a player could use the activities tab to get straight into a search and destroy match in Call of Duty, or they could immediately boot up a certain chapter in an Uncharted game. It's presumed that each game will have its own unique activities that the developer curates. Sony predictably hasn't confirmed the existence of, uh, existence of the activities feature, but its purpose is exactly what PS5 architect Mark Cerny is striving for to cut down on the amount of waiting players have to do, wait to cut down on the amount of waiting players have to suffer through. <laughs> Anywho, I was like, the wait, word that's "suffer" true. there is a bit extreme, but sure, suffer. We have to so suffer like, through the waiting. Yeah, but yes. this article was published, and then obviously it was pulled because yes. they're like, "Uh, they were like, oh, did you mean August? <laughs> Whatever the <laughs> instead of July." Yeah, no, but it's always interesting when you get to these new console generations. As of what what does Sony deem is like a not a necessary but an interesting new innovation that they're going to implement going forward? And I guess activities is interesting in a sense. I don't know how it would apply to games I like to play. But it's interesting, but I also feel like it's so inherently Sony to be named the most boring thing of all time. Activities. Yeah, but also like activities. <laughs> I love it. So, I love it. Yeah, it's it's confusing if you think about the way that the UI is now on PlayStation 4 because activities just mean like, oh, you got a trophy in a game. Yeah. Oh, I uploaded a screenshot or I started a share play session. <laughs> That's yeah, the way right. it is now in the UI. And so to be like, oh, we're doing something way more comprehensive with activities air quotes yeah it might be a tab you want to check every now and then or you want to go to every now and then i feel like i would but yeah again to me that is the most stereotypical sony move to possibly happen do something somewhat cool with the architecture of the playstation and then just name it something like activities Activities. (laughs) so it looks like there was a linkedin thread that is now deleted where sony vice president matt mc McLaren confirmed that the PS5 will have a redesigned ui so maybe yeah like i said you'll want to check out this specific activities tab Maybe all of your, maybe when you boot it up, it's just going to show all of your friends as little people and they're standing up asleep like horses. (laughs) Wait, what? Like the Xbox 360 era. Remember when in the Xbox 360, your little avatar for your friends' avatars, if they weren't online, they were like asleep, standing asleep with their little heads down? (laughs) You know, just to tell you where my mind is, when you said horses, my mind went straight to my horse prints. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no! That's fair. That's fair. I forgot you played that. Yes, yes. Oh, God. I went to that terrible clip that Rihanna posted where she murdered all those horses and ghost of sushi. Oh, that was also sad. She was like, let me throw this giant bomb into this group of enemies on horseback and all the horses died. And I was like, no, but this is horses due to you. This is like, oh, I couldn't watch Braveheart. I couldn't watch Braveheart because they killed all the horses. I was like, those horses did nothing. Yep. And she's like, those horses had it coming. And I was like, what? It's a horse. They barely know what's on either side of them. It's true. That's true. But I do feel bad whenever I kill a horse in a video game. I feel really bad. Like, really bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel bad about Fucking Shimmer. Oh. (laughs) Shimmer. Wait, is that a spoiler? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. All I said was the word shimmer. That's well, it. Well, yeah, okay. If that's you fair. don't know what that is, that's fair. It's, uh, it's not All true. All that shimmers is gold. It's gold. It's All that uh, In Let's case this you up. missed it, ladies and gentlemen, Cuphead <laughs> is coming to the PlayStation 4. So it was officially announced that Cuphead, yes, that Cuphead is going to be on the PlayStation 4 for $20. A special update for Xbox players also includes a digital art gallery, behind the scenes commentary. 
and a playable soundtrack. So we heard this week from Studio MDHR. They had an interview with Jeff Keighley as part of his Summer Game Fest programming where they were like, yo, what's going on with this last delicious course that you guys unveiled a long time ago? And she was like, so about that, uh, we probably announced it way too early. Spoilers. <laughs> um it turns out the style of animation we do is hard. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it's still going to need a little bit more time, which is no surprise to anybody because that game, that kind of hand-drawn animation style takes forever. And Studio MDHR famously used a very inefficient workflow. And then Microsoft came in and was like, um, wait, how are you, you guys? Like, this could be a little easier. How are you? How are you making this game? They're like, like this. This is how we make the game. And they're like, um, can we help you? And they're like, yes, please. But obviously they had already done all of this work. And so changing the workflow wasn't as easy as it may have just sounded. So it took some time. So basically what I'm trying to say is making video games is hard. Making making hand-drawn animated video even games is harder. <laughs> yes. True. So they gave a little update, showed some things. It looks just as amazing as Cuphead looked, and I'm sure people who never got the chance to play Cuphead are going to be excited to try it on PS4. And you can get it for 20 bucks. And if you want to see the update, of course, you can go to Jeff's website, summergamefest.com. Private Division has signed a publishing agreement with Moon Studios, League of Geeks, and Roll7. So Private Division is the brand new publishing arm underneath Take-Two Interactive. You may know them from such gems as Disintegration and, of course, The Outer Worlds. So The Outer Worlds was published underneath Private Division before Microsoft Game Studios bought Obsidian. And now anything that Obsidian publishes will be published underneath Xbox Game Studios, to be clear. Sorry, not Microsoft Game Studios. That's because that's what we used to call it back in my day when I had to walk up in the snow uphill both ways. It was Microsoft Game Studios. It's not anymore. It's Xbox. It's not. They they smartly changed it. Consistent branding is the thing that marketing people are very much in love with. Anywho, Mm. uh, Private Division is a publisher, and they have got new studios that they're working with. Moon Studios, of course, known for both Ori and The Blind Forest. This comes from gamesindustry.biz. And The Will of the Wisps, of course, will be working on a new action RPG through the partnership. We saw a little bit about this, just a brief teaser in the Xbox Game Studios showcase. While Armello, creators of League of Geeks, focus on a new game and IP, and then Ali Ali Studio Roll7 is working on a new flow state game. What is a flow state game? I don't I don't know what that means. Flow state. Even it just makes me think of the, the game, game flow. <laughs> but flow state game. So being okay, in positive psychology, a flow state is the mental state in which a person performing an activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of the activity. Hmm. Is that related? The other, the other thing I found on Google from what is flow state gaming in gaming, uh, he determines, so this is from an interview, the flow state as a state of maximum focus, dedication, and immersion in an activity. The characteristics of this state are the transformation of time perception and loss of self-consciousness, which means feeling that the time flies and all the problems and ideas in a person's head clear away. I mean, that sounds fucking amazing. Sounds like drugs. <laughs> Where's the line? Does it not, Brittany? Am I wrong? No, you're not. Okay. You're not wrong. Like I'm. Yeah, because Andrea was well, describing. I'm like, 
it sounds like a little bit of 2020. Okay. And then erases it. I'm like that. Okay. That's yeah. Like Samuel said, that's drugs. That is something altering the state of mind. So could it be yeah. healthy meditation Indeed. or could it be drugs? So could say. apparently Book this quote stuff. came from one <laughs> Geneva Chen, the creator of Journey. I was about to oh. say this sounds, I was going to say this sounds like a that game company sort of shtick. Yeah. Although I don't mm. think, does he work there anymore? Yes. Okay. Yes. I wasn't sure. Interesting. Well, you know, he did find found the company. So you could still leave a company. That's true. You it. That's fair. You're correct. You can found other companies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nope. You're not wrong. You are right. Uh, anyway, that is going to do it for the news for this week. We hope you enjoyed the tangents that we went on and that you had some fun <laughs> along the way. And that you don't give us a one-star review because we went on a tangent. Please don't. Please don't do that. Uh, we love you guys. We are going to be back right after this very short break to talk about what we've been playing. Stick with us, everybody. We'll see you in a minute. everybody and welcome back it's the second segment of the what's good games podcast this is where we talk about what we've been playing and this week it's brought to you by patreon.com slash what's good games as we mentioned at the top of the show this is a great place to get the podcast ad free and also other exclusive amazing perks like happy hour q a live streams like after hours live streams where steimer and Brittany take on incredible voice acting roles in dating simulators it's mm-hmm. true it's yeah. sometimes renders us voiceless the next day but sacrifices must be made for quality content it's true it's all for the laughs everybody a little honey and tea and you're good yep we also have fantastic physical reward tiers like a handwritten postcard designed by one of the three of us this month for the month of july even though i know we're at the very end of the month i decided to take a snapshot of a painting that i've made during quarantine it's a pretty pretty. palm trees i painted that everybody that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah so if you want to learn more about all of the ways you can support What's Good Games, you can go to patreon.com slash what's good games. All right. So let's talk about what we've been playing. And Britt, I'd love to start with you since you've been playing a game that I think none of us expected you to play on a platform that you have been, dare I say, trolling since it came oh, out. Oh, that was really Oh, that was really, really good, Andrew. I'm really, see what, really proud see of you. See what I did there? Yes. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. So proud of mm-hmm. you. So yeah, I have Thank to eat you. crow. Thank and you. I talked about this on the Monday show. That rhymes. Um, I said that I wouldn't play Stadia until Baldur's Gate 3 comes out. But Orcs Must Die. But what you meant Wait. was Orcs Must Die 3. Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, yeah, they're both three. Okay, hold on. Yeah, so Baldur's Gate 3, but then Orcs Must Die 3 came out, and I love Orcs Must Die. I think it was two was the only one that featured co-op. Jason, I had a great time with it. We both have Stadias. We're like, all right, let's let's fire something up a little different this weekend. So we decided to bust everything out and play some Orcs Must Die 3 on the Stadia. Regarding Orcs Must Die 3, it is so much fun. For those of you who don't know what kind of game it is, it is a tower defense game, but there's some kind of twist in it in the sense that you actually... Uh, Andrew, you're familiar with this franchise, so you, or this genre, rather, so maybe you can help me describe it. But essentially, you have da- tower defense, you have traps, and you have charms in this game that help give you certain buffs. And you also, though, during each round, you attack the un- oncoming orcs, and you try to, like you know, DPS them before they can get to the rift, which is their ultimate goal. Is that considered a traditional tower defense game or is that a little different? Yeah, essentially. I mean, the idea is that you're not just most tower defense. You're not just, you know, taking down enemies as they approach you. 
the evolution of tower defense has really been like, how do you have a, you know, advanced strategy going against your enemy? And we've seen a lot of different, you know, takes on tower defense in recent years, which I really love because I love the tower defense genre. And I actually feel like I need to spend some time in this game because I've not really, never really played a lot of Orcs Must Die. And there, I think it's just something about the art style and the overall narrative of the game that never really drew me to it but i do really love a good tower defense so i'd love to hear about your time with it yeah so the narrative of this game it's there it's a story but the gameplay is where this game shines obviously uh but the game itself is a lot of fun you know you have your traps and then you can upgrade them because after each level you earn a certain amount of skulls and you can use those to upgrade them or add different perks depending on what kind of level you have and so what jason and i love about this game is we love strategizing and we love figuring out what works and what doesn't and there's so many different kinds of traps, so many different kinds of trinkets, and each level is set up in a very specific way that if you're feeling miserably, you know you're missing something. And so it's kind of fun to put two heads together and figure out, you know, what can we do, what works, what doesn't. So it's if you've played Orcs Must Die 2, it's pretty much the same thing, extra levels, but there are these cool new levels called War Scenarios where you get, oh, I don't want to be overdramatic, but like I would say several hundred orcs that come through and they're mostly like pretty wide open areas which you don't really see in tower defense games usually it's like a linear path that things have to follow whether they're orcs or balloons um and what's fun about that is it really does kind of challenge you to think okay so now instead of having this narrow narrow corridor how do i kind of funnel them in and then you again put your heads together the game itself fantastic the experience on stadia has been less than optimal which i suppose isn't Suboptimal. <laughs> is it? Suboptimal. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you wondering, we get about 100 megabits per second average internet download speed. And Stadia claims you only need 10 to run. I think it's 4K. I think it's like around 10 or 20. Uh, but we, because we're both playing, we're both up play, playing on our own Stadia side-by-side TV. We're finding that we're having a lot of issues. And we even bumped down the resolution from 4K to 1080 to see if that would help. We're having your traditional like, what do you expect? Rubber banding, which is not very great in the tower defense game. We're having, yeah. yeah um, I mean, rubber banding in any game is any shit, game but is like in shit. tower defense, you're like, no thanks. No, it's not great. Um, we're Where had- did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's so bad, especially when you're trying to set a trap because you can set traps real time, obviously, as the orcs are coming. And then you meant to put a trap here, but then your character all around now, you're suddenly putting one on the ceiling. Does you no good. Anywho, uh, we're having weird t- resolution falling in and out. We're having weird a weird issue where Jason's colors on his screen was like bleeding everywhere. That's the only way to, to describe it. It's the only time we've experienced it. But on my screen, I had the pretty like blues and greens because we were outside. But on his, it was like these neon greens and purples and reds. And it was like bleeding from from the things on screen. It was bizarre. I've never seen anything like that. We've had some connection issues where it'll take two or three tra- times to invite him to a game. Or maybe I just can't load into a game in general. Uh, which is, you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. And I've been kind of racking my brain since then and wondering like, and I know we've talked about it on the show, but why, who is Stadia for? Like what would compel someone to get a Google Stadia as opposed to a different console? You know, and it's and I and I have yet to come up with an answer other than maybe the more approachable price point. For me, it's more not even it's not about like a console. It's about somebody being able to play it on their browser on a PC that they already have. That's to me where I think Stadia's true potential really lies. It's like, hey, we have a family computer. 
we don't necessarily have enough money for a console of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe even the desire to have that in the house or in the living room. But you can do this without needing to upgrade your PC parts all the time. So now your like semi-crap family computer can actually be a hefty gaming console. I think that's where it's really interesting. But then I look at xCloud. And I'm like, well... Sure. You- yeah, there'll be other things that come out to contest it, but yeah, I, that's a very great great point and something that we've talked about on this show several times, right? It's like this idea, of like where is the value proposition in Stadia? And I still am a believer that the technology behind Stadia is really magical, and I think once they can get their library up to speed, it will be worth it. But the real problem right now is that they're requiring developers to create additional sets of code. For Stadia. So if they're going to make a game for all platforms, they have to make a separate code for PlayStation, a separate code for Xbox, a separate code for Nintendo, and a separate code for PC. And then they need to make another code for Stadia. And right now, there's just no value proposition in developers who aren't giant publishers or who aren't getting money directly from Google to you know, subsidize the cost of that development to make that extra code. Because Stadia is its own code. And that's what I, that was a big thing when we talked to, uh, to Jack Busey back when Stadia launched. I was like, so is this just PC code? And he's like, no, Stadia code is proprietary code because of the way that we run our infrastructure, the technology behind what makes Stadia run. It's not just PC code running on Stadia or Google server farms. It's a special kind of code. And I think that that's really what's done Stadia in up until this point with our third-party partners is that Stadia has no exclusives. Like This was the first console exclusive that they really rolled out that was of note. I mean, Darksiders Genesis was could have been considered, but because of the, the, the price difference between PC and Stadia, I was like, you just shot yourself with the foot. Like, this game is coming to console in a couple of months. Like, why not just match Steam's price... Or make it cheaper on Stadia and get people to buy it. And now the next big game here is Orcs Must Die 3. But they have yet to have like a giant AAA third-party exclusive on Stadia that makes people buy a Stadia. So to to answer your question, Brittany, there is no reason. There's literally no reason to get a Stadia right now unless you want to play older games and then you want to play it, you know, with a relatively low access point because you can use a Bluetooth controller, an Xbox One or DualShock 4 controller, hook it up to your PC, and as Cyber said, boot up your browser and play in Chrome. You can do that right now, but if you want to play on your television, you have to have the, the Ultra Chromecast that comes specifically in the Stadia edition, and then you have to get Stadia's controller because I don't believe that they have rolled out third-party controller support for the TV version. It's only on if you're connected to your PC and you're playing in browser. And so it's just like I – and also like the fact that we have to keep track of this giant spreadsheet of which platform has which functionality live right now, what's not live, and what's functional with a cable and what's functional wireless – is like they is a fuck up and like I'm it's exhausting trying to keep track of how many fuck ups Stadia has had in a marketing sense it really is they just should never have announced they should never have released they should have just kept this under their hat and said we're working on a streaming platform and we're really excited to debut it more info coming soon and then not released it it's just too early or they should have just done what Xbox did with XCloud and said we're going into early access trials nobody pays anything we just want everybody to beta test it and honestly the only company i think on planet earth besides amazon that could challenge 
Microsoft in money's Alphabet, who owns Google. And so they could have done it for free, but they didn't. And I just like, it's just a giant head scratcher. And I think it's because Google is run by a bunch of engineers, a bunch of really wickedly smart nerds who are great at making really awesome products and are not necessarily great at making really awesome art that goes to consumers. And that's what video games is at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think like it's, it's a difficult thing that they've clearly struggled with. And I hope that because of some of the hires that they've made, obviously bringing people like Jade Raymond on is a big thing, but like, what is she working on? What is she doing? We know nothing about what Google's first party studios are working on. So I was like, cool. We'll learn about it in what, 2022, 2023, whenever they're ready to unveil their games. But until then, it's like, maybe you should just not have released. Maybe. So, or like you said, taking the hit release is sort of a beta project period. Early access, yeah. make it free. Right. Yeah. yeah. So my Zolon Prime 6, patreon.com slash what's good games, asks, given Stadia has made significant investments in securing industry figureheads and talent, do you think Stadia has a chance of surviving and maybe eventually thriving with its exclusive titles? And I think we just covered a lot of that. But the issue I'm running into right now is I, I just can't recommend Stadia um, because, you know, like Andrew was saying, you know, Orcs Must Die 3 to me is like a fun game and I already had it laying around because I, you know, I have, I feel compelled and I want to try the new things in the industry because it's like my job and it's something I'm really interested in. But if someone were to come up to me and be like, hey, I want to get a console. What do I get? Would I recommend a Stadia? Absolutely not. I mean, Jason and I are both playing this thing at the same time with an average of like 100 megabits and it's just running so poorly. I think the tech in theory, like we talked about, is cool. And maybe it'll be more approachable as that improves. And once maybe they get some cool exclusives. But I don't know what kind of game. I mean, new IP is hard to sell. So what kind of IP is it going to take to sell these things? And that would make me feel comfortable recommending getting a Stadia for one game. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's a very valid point. And 100 megabits per second down is a very good speed and is far above the national average here in the United States. And it's been a constant point of interest in the Stadia debate of like how ISPs and telecommunication infrastructure around the world, not just in the United States, but in other countries as well, really plays into that. And I think it's something worth considering because like, while you know, we can all bitch about how long it takes to download a game from PSN and they have their problems. Let's not, you know, mince <laughs> words. John and I can play Destiny together side by side or in we 4K. can play Halo. Yeah, or Halo or or The Division 2 or whatever game we want, like on the same internet connection side by side in two different consoles going as two separate data feeds and we don't have the same problems it sounds like you and Jason had. And that's something that xCloud's also going to have to reckon with and we haven't really heard much about about what the data is for xCloud. It's, I imagine it's comparable to what Stadia is doing. I think Xbox's leg up is their very extensive library that they're bringing to the table through what they've negotiated for Xbox Game Pass, which Stadia clearly hasn't negotiated for the Stadia library. And that's really like the problem here. It's like there just is not that much to choose from in the Stadia library when you boot it up, when you're like, oh, okay, uh, cool. So I guess I'm playing Tomb Raider again. Right. Like, I mean, like fun yeah. game from like 2013, I think, but like not really interested in playing that right now. Mm-hmm. But like I and I maintain to answer the question here, you know, from 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 Isalon Prime 6. Yes. Isalon. Mizalon. Mizalon. Um, 
I've seen the magic as a Destiny player who has to suffer through the download and more importantly, the freaking copying times on PlayStation 4 for getting Destiny updates in. I've seen the freaking magic light up the stars in my eyes of being able to boot up Destiny 2 on Stadia and having it just load me freaking into the tower. I'm just there. I don't have to wait for it to download. I don't have to wait like the excruciating moments of the copying phase. And I know that PS5 is obviously going to make that, you know, much more, you know, smooth. And obviously we hope way, way quicker. But we don't know yet. But I've seen with my own eyes in Stadia, it was freaking instantaneous. And I like I snapped my fingers because it was literally like that. I turned it on. I logged in and I was playing instantly. And I think that's the magic that Stadia is promising but isn't yet ready to deliver on because it hasn't shown people why that matters because games as a live service are the games that are going to sell people on that dream. People who who play Call of Duty Warzone and have to download these massive updates every month or so and are like, I, all I want to do is log in and play and I have to download this like 30 gigabyte update. Whereas in Stadia, you don't. You just log in and you're playing. Whereas people on Xbox or, or PlayStation still have to download and that's the thing that they just haven't yet realized because I, I, I've seen it and I go, I believe it and I think that they can make it, but they just, if they're not ready to come to compete head to head with Xbox Game Pass and Project X Cloud and everything that we talked with Aaron about last week and what Game Pass Ultimate is going to be offering once Xbox Series X launches, then like they're not here to play. I also think the the part of like, hey, it looks like they're investing a lot in industry people does that mean that google is like bought in this is gonna be a thing around for a long time i will say (laughs) i don't know that that's necessarily the case i think it's them definitely wanting and investing in the space but we've all seen i just pulled up on my phone like things google has abandoned it's just like a wasteland of projects that google does be like it's like oh mm, Actually, like they held on to Google Plus a long time. Oh, I forgot Google Plus. Google yeah. Plus. Oh, and, yeah. so, like, and they have held on to a lot of things for a long time. But eventually they will kind of just like kick something to the curb if they feel eventually it's not working. So while Stadia definitely has a chance, I think if Stadia does not catch ground, it is something that Google will easily kill. Word. I mean, or I hope transform I... into another differently named project. <laughs> or they sell it to somebody, right? Like I... I hope that that's not the case, knowing some of the hires that Stadia is making. I'm not saying it'll be soon. I'm just saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, need, it does need to perform or Alphabet Corporation will be like, oh, bye-bye. Yeah. I just, yeah. They, need to, they need to come out swinging with a big exclusive from a well-known developer to make it, to make it big. I mean, we've already seen now Bethesda sell some projects to PlayStation in an era where I never thought that that was possible. And so who knows what's possible? Who knows? It has Jason and I thinking too, you know, we were excited about playing Baldur's Gate 3 on Stadia because of the controller support. But obviously games on Steam tend to have controller support as well. And we were fully planning on playing um, on Stadia, but now we're like, ah, shit, I might have to haul my big old desktop up to one of these TVs so we can do some split-screen co-op because I don't know, because Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be a very graphically intensive game, and I don't know if Stadia can handle it. I want to play in the four in the full 4K. Not to mention, when one Stadia is playing at 4K, 20 gigs an hour, you have two people playing at 20 gigs an hour, 
40 gigs an hour, and then you look at your limit, how many hours can we play when you have a game as intensive as Baldur's Gate, which will probably be 100 hours. It's like, okay, that's a lot of gigs. Math is hard. It's a whole thing. It's, yeah. it's I mean, interesting. You have to have unlimited data at that point, Yeah, right? we don't. And if, if you don't. <laughs> yeah, we have like 1,200, I think, at this point. But yeah, it usually suits our needs just fine. But Yeah, like, oh my but, gosh, like... I didn't. I didn't know that. It's to play it 4K is 20 gigs. It says it can take. It'll. Well, I don't know what the exact words. Is. Essentially, it's like this can be up to 20 gigs an hour, and then if you drop it down to 1080, it drops down to like 12.6 per Stadia. Yeah. 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 So it's it's, it's a thing. So we're like looking at our data caps. We're like, okay, well, they have 500 left. How many hours is that? And it's just that bizarre thing of like, okay, I guess we have to talk about that. Like how many hours could you we play? You accounting before yeah. you can actually play Stadia. And I don't want to do that. And like Andrew was saying earlier, you know, we could, we play co-op games all the time. We play on our 4K TVs all the time. And it's no issue. And it's funny because Jason's TV is like 12 feet closer to the router than mine is. But he generally gets all the bandwidth. So his game will be running crystal clear. And meanwhile, I'm just chug-a-lugging along it's it's interesting i guess to watch oh, the tech no. unfold and you both are hardwired no we're not oh that's the thing yeah no we're not hardwired not hardwired but um uh what wait 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 you uh, guys neither of your consoles you guys don't have your consoles hardwired what kind of gamers are you uh we're gamers who don't want a huge old fucking cord running from one point of the house to the other because people who custom built this house didn't do it properly but um know, we-, we need to talk about this offline and <laughs> i will andrea will fix expound this to you the benefits of investing in an av company coming to install cat six in your house yeah but that's like- what we did for our house and boy oh boy was it worth the money i i know well, i know but like the point still stands is that we don't have this issue on any other the consoles but so which Stadia wants to compete which is yeah. important yeah Anywho, interesting. I'll keep y'all posted because I think we're still going to keep playing Orcs Must Die minus all the technical issues because it's really fun. Yeah, no, so I feel like a lot of this conversation kind of got into the weeds about Stadia as a platform and less about the game Orcs Must Die. What was interesting about me looking up some of the gameplay while you were talking about it is that I got a lot of Save the World vibes from Fortnite, but I was like, obviously Fortnite didn't make up this this style of gameplay, right? It's been around. And so I was like, huh, I wanted to look at, a, I pulled up some gameplay from Orcs Must Die 2, and it does look incredibly similar to Orcs Must Die 2. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to ask you, as somebody who played both, you know, did you feel like Orcs Must Die 3 added some elements that were exciting for you, or do you feel like this was literally just like an upgraded skin of what you played in 2? It's an upgraded skin, which is not a bad thing, but they did add the worst scenarios that I talked about earlier, where you have more of like the open maps, where you have to try to figure out how you're going to manage not just the narrow corridor, but a whole big old map. And those are really fun, and those matches tend to go on for a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's more or less the same, and I think that's okay, because if you look at what Robot did with Orcs Must Die Unchained, which ultimately flopped, and that's what... So a little bit of history on that is they had Orcs Must Die Unchained. That did not do well enough for them. So they they were operating at a loss. So they had to shut it down. They met up with Stadia, with Google. And it turns out some of the members of Google were fans of Orcs Must Die. And that's how the conversation started. Because before that, they had to downsize their team. They didn't know if they'd either ever be able to go back to Orcs Must Die. But because of Google, they were able to do it, which is why it's currently a Stadia exclusive. And I think, yeah, so if you look at the ratings, I think it's currently at like a seven, seven and a half average if you want to, you know, trust. That seems about right. Trust the hive mind. But it's it's so much fun. It's a fun co-op game and a fun tower defense game. And yeah, if you're into it, like, yeah, it's more of the same. But I think that's what people wanted. 
Because what they when they try to do something a little different, incorporate some PvP, it just didn't resonate well. I think Orcs Messiah is known for their tower defense and their fun gadgets and gizmos that you get to customize. And that when they took that and away, gizmos are plenty. Yes, that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, no, it, it's a, it's great. It's I love the customization you can do in it. I love all the different upgrades. I, there's apparently more characters that you can upgrade, but we're not there yet. There's only 18 levels, which might sound like a lot, but they go pretty quickly, especially if you know what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, there's three levels of difficulty, and so you can really customize and mix and match. And I think for that, there's a lot of replayability. And I'd recommend I'm... checking it out if you eventually. It, it's coming to other consoles at some point. They're obviously not talking about it right now, but it will. Yeah, come. I mean, all. Okay, I take that back. Not all console exclusives are timed exclusive. Just most third party exclusives are timed exclusives. But I pulled up kind of side by side of gameplay of Orcs Must Die 3 and Orcs Must Die 2. And I have to say, for games that are seven years apart, it's shocking how similar they are. <laughs> I know. They look, I'm kind of like, oh. They do look very similar. Mm-hmm. Oh, it feels like you kind of got to iterate a little bit in seven years from the beginning of the generation to the end. But, you know, if you're having fun, you're having fun. Yeah. I will say, not to like completely deviate from Orcs Must Die, if you like co-op tower defense and you've never played Pixel Junk's Monsters, oh, it's ooh, one of my monster- favorites. Wow. Monsters, monsters, monsters. Very. That's good. really good. The balloons are balloons, right? It's called. Yeah, that's really fun too. Yeah. So, it, uh, tower defense is great. Also, yeah. like we should we should play some games together sometime. I'd like to play games with you. We say this all the time, and. I am I'm down for some grounded. Who, I'm the only one who was successfully. That's not true. I but I did successfully play co-op with you and Jason once for gears, and that's it. Yeah, and then Andrea, Jason, I did Sea of Thieves way back in the day. We got to <laughs> do that again now that Sea of Thieves has updated a bunch of stuff. But oh. um, so thank you for that report. We appreciate you <laughs> finally unboxing your Stadia. Thanks. Founders <laughs> I'm edition. sorry I didn't didn't go as well as you know it could have gone my expectations weren't high it's fine it's fine well you know it's it's, all about expectation setting in life i really think it is yeah yeah um so if you guys missed the stream last saturday rihanna manuel and i decided to dive back into halo's master chief collection to play some halo combat evolved we got a little bit hyped after watching the xbox game showcase so we went back because I never actually finished Combat Evolved. Mm. I've started it several times, never finished it. So we played the first five chapters and are going to finish the next five chapters at a stream in the not too distant future. And I forgot where first person shooters were twenty years ago and how. <laughs> oh my god! How different years it was. Ago. Twenty years that ago, stabbed me in the heart because I remember exactly when Halo came out and I was in high school. So. It was it was an experience. No sprinting, um, aim down the sights or ADS was a very rare thing. There are only two guns, I believe, that do that in Halo: the pistol and the yeah. sniper rifle. And everything else is hip fire. And there's just really like running gun, baby. The running gunning, but there's also no cover system. And it was interesting. Kind you of are a master chief. You don't need no cover. <laughs> you're a fucking Spartan in a Spartan suit. You don't. You just absorb all Did of you the say bullets you're and then you die. In a Spartan suit. Yeah, you, oh. you're a Spartan in a Spartan suit. Oh no, I thought you said you're a Spartan, Spartan in a Spartan, Spartan suit. A Spartan? No, a Spartan. You're a Spartan. A Spartan. 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 Master chief is an augmented Spartan. human. I'm sure he still has a system that needs to get rid of gas from time to time. Exclu- I mean, yeah, he's yeah. bionic. I mean, he's organic. He's organic. He's organic. Yeah. In a bionic suit. 
<laughs> there we go. Sort of. That sort what? of works. Sort of works. Anywho, um, the game actually holds up pretty well considering how old it is. And I know that some of that is a testament hey, to that. Not everything that's 20 years old hasn't held up like you and me. Am I right? Uh, yeah, you're right. We're yeah. only 20 years old. We're only 20, I guess. Yeah, we're 20. Okay. We're 20. We're not. Ha ha ha. We're young, but we're not minors. Anywho, um, <laughs> listen, I don't know why I said that. that was weird. <laughs> Just came out, everybody. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sorry. Continue about Halo. Uh, I'm evolved. trying to talk about Halo, okay? <laughs> hello, hello. Go ahead. I was trying to say that it's a testament to the remaster that 343 did in the Master Chief Collection. I do love the ability to hot swap between the old school graphics and the revamped graphics they did for the remaster. It was fun. And the gameplay felt great. People in the stream that were watching us were like, oh, you're going to play multiplayer? And I'm like, nope. No desire. No desire to go back to any of these multiplayers at all. I may like dip into some Halo 5 multiplayer Mm. before Halo Infinite comes out, but don't really have a desire to go back to the old old ones even though i spent a lot of time playing multiplayer both in reach and halo 4 but i'm excited to play to play more and to keep revisiting i got really pumped simer made a very valid point like a lot of people on the internet made that like eh, halo didn't look that great when they showed it in the xbox game it just showcase it looked kind of fine yeah it, it did it like halo it just it yeah. was i was like oh Oops. cool it's yeah, halo i'm with you simer i feel the same way i thought you know Again, like I talked about this on the show last week, I said Halo didn't look beautiful. It didn't like the most photorealistic game I've ever seen. It didn't have the pores of the people's face, but like that's not really what I care about when I play a Halo game. But a lot of people in the comments were like, "This is supposed to be their big, their big title. It's supposed to look the best it could ever look. This is supposed to show off off the flops." Yeah, and no, I, I mean, oh, I, okay, sure. Like I understand that perspective, but I'm just saying, like for me personally, when it comes to a Halo game, I don't really care about that as long as it looks pretty enough. I just want to shoot shit, and I'm and I'm good to go. It's like when we were gonna go see The Last of Us. If Joel looked like the pilot did in Halo, I would have been very upset. But this is not The Last of Us. This is Halo, and for me, I guess I can just draw that distinction, and it doesn't bother me. I don't think it actively bothered me, but I I was very like. This is one of your temple titles. It is a shooter. Therefore, like, it feels like at least the cutscene fidelity sh- should be a little higher to me in terms of how the people are look. Um, and they looked, a- their faces just looked a little last gen, where I was a little confused by that. Um, but then they're also like, but it's the open world. And I also was like, but I didn't want, I don't want an open world, Halo. I want you to tell me. I want a map, I but want, I don't want an open world. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to go from point A to point B and shoot a bunch of grunts. And like, that's yeah, like that's corridor shooters are not a bad thing. I don't dislike corridor shooters. I think that there's a place for them. I don't think everything needs to be fucking open world RPG hybrids. I oh, really don't. Correct. Go off. Go off, baby girl. Yeah. So I just also Who made- got the time? <laughs> Nobody got the time, Brittany, to like find their own path. Just show me the fucking path. Go yeah. your Put own arrows way. on the goddamn ground. I gotta make path. my own path in real life. I don't have time to make <laughs> my own path in your game. Give me all the arrows pointing me where to go. So yeah, I just also replayed Combat Evolved not that long ago. And I agree for like a 20 20 year old game. Sure. But going back, I was so surprised with like, man. It's the level design and whatnot. Just it didn't hold up. It was so repetitive and so samey. I was like, dang. I guess I was thinking about this game through. They didn't have as much memory back then, Brittany. I know, Simer. I know. But when you think of Halo Combat Evolve, I just think of this like, oh my god. And then you replay it. It's like, yo, that's a lot of fun, and you can appreciate it. But man, all these ships look the same. All these corridors look the exact same. It's just funny how games age. 
That's all. Yeah. Not every yeah. game ages well. Quest for Glory ages super well. That's what there you go. Say. There's your little plug. Also, yeah. I, for some reason, got a real hankering right now to go back and play SimCity. What? Oh, fuck. Wow. SimCity. Yeah. Because I was because... thinking about the games that I used to play, and I was like, oh, SimCity. Sim I love all oh, the shit. hours. The strawberry fields was my big thing. Yeah. SimCity. Like, mm. you know, oh, my God. I remember when I forgot to put plumbing in my whole town. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and it was always like you feel like you made it when you could add the amusement park. Oh, yeah, for sure. You were mm. like, fuck yeah. You're like, I, my city is stable enough that I can add like fun su- things, superfluous fun things. Yeah. That don't really require the city to operate like like the power plant. Got to have a power plant. Got to have more than one usually. <laughs> yeah, multiples, in fact. No one wants a brownout or heaven forbid a blackout. Oh. <laughs> These it's are true. important things. It's, it's true. true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Power, electricity. Whoa. That's just John taking the trash oh, out. Okay. I was like, oh. I, heard, I hear a strange noise outside of the door. It's part of our breakdown of, of, of housely chores in the Drake household. Oh. I hate taking out the trash. It's the Same. thing I hate doing. Mm. Same. He hates cleaning the toilets. So I oh. clean the toilets and he takes out the trash. Fair hey, enough. that's that's compromise, man. Good job. That's what you do as adults when you're partners. Yep. Someone has to do some work and someone has to do the other work. You do all that shit yourself. Yeah, you badass. But you only I only have one toilet. But then you only clean up after you though, and not anybody else. That's the the trade off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My space is much smaller, so it's fine. You're like, I don't have to clean anybody's like shaved face whiskers out of the sink. Oh, just my own, baby girl. I got Jason one of those. Have you seen their curtains? Then comes little suction cups, and you suction it to the to the mirror. And it makes no. like a, yeah, yeah. So you tie it around your neck, the guys do, and then they do the suction cups to the mirror, so they have a cape. And then when they shave, everything just falls right into the cape. But then, what do you do with the cape? You just fold it up, and you you know, and then you just kind of shake it into the garbage. It catches all of them, so you don't huh. have to like clean around the the sink. What you know, if you sneeze into the cape? And then all you're of just them? Then, <gasps> then you're fucked. Then it's like game over. You're done. <laughs> it's just like little it's just whisker little particles, particles everywhere. Confetti oh, and whiskers. Oh yeah, you're just covered in whiskers. Though. Oh, so bad. But no, it was it was interesting. I, it was funny because I had this conversation with with Tim Gettys of all people about like how bathroom clogs are really more from dudes' whisker shavings than it is from women's hair falling out of their head because uh-huh. like they shave their face on a much more regular cadence than most women lose hair from their head, and they like compact and like clog like the bathroom sinks in particular like normally women are the guilty people for clogging the shower sink right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the shower bathroom drain, like yeah. the the sink like the hand sink is yeah. men with their whiskers that's why anywho we digress into a weird thing yeah, about body hair interesting show today yeah i've been doing it really a lot of them. turns it's nice <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to playing more. I, I haven't finished, like I said, the first Halo game that I played start to finish was Reach. Mm. So I dabbled in the first, and I never played any of ODST, and Rihanna, gasp, shock, was very I think upset. ODST was the one I got really confused by, and I couldn't fucking figure out how to even play, because they like tried to do some weird shit with the way you got into levels. I think well, was- do you want to play with us? It's her favorite Halo game. ODST is? Wow. Yeah. She can figure out how to play it. Great, good on her. It was like a goddamn mist puzzle. <laughs> a mist puzzle. It's probably not. I mean, and that's saying something. That's, that's deep like, cuts right that, there. That's, right? Yeah, I'm old. Um, but um, hello, welcome to the old. You are club. with me. 
with with me. <laughs> I'm officially the oldest. Um. Anywho, yes, Miss Puzzles. Uh, wait, I, we we're talking about ODST. We we're talking about ODST. I'm pretty sure that was the one. I could be misremembering, but there was one where I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" But um. Anyways, mm. I'm glad you're enjoying Old Halo. You know, technically, the four of us could play ODST together. We could. Orbital Drop Shop Two. Wait, or that's a tongue twister. Orbital Drop Shock Troopers. Shock Trooper. Wow. Boom. You did it. Drop it. Shock it. Troop it. Let's go. Woo. Bop it. Pull it. Twist it. Yes. Bop it. Yeah, remember bop it? Wait, are we doing bop it's or skip it's? Bop it? Skip it. Probably. Skip it. Because skip it's a different cadence. Oh, yeah, I know. Skip it will be stuck in my head all day. Skip it is a a different tone. what's What's a bop it? It was bop like it. that tool. Pull it. Spin it had like things you could bop, pull, or twist, or hit, or whatever. It's the thing you hold, you grab onto that. It's yeah, not yeah. on your feet. So the skip it, you put on your ankle. And you the bop it. it, you each hold one mm-hmm. um, side of it, and then you have to, yeah, you have to twist it, or pull it, or bop it. <laughs> are we watching? Our, are we watching a commercial now? Wait for it. The added moves. Oh, is that the new one? No, you have to look at the Skip It song. That yeah. one's fucking catchy as the shit. Skip It's not the same as Bop It. It's not. But wait, Bop It, old teaser. Old school. All these, bop all it, these old, commercials bop are Bop It, old school is literally a, a search bop term. It. Twist it. Pull it. Oh, it's catchy as shit. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, here we go. Ready? Oh, okay. Oh, no. Wait, no. Why? This is not YouTube, no. This is not what we Why want. you do this, YouTube? Right. I just want to see the original Bobbit commercial from 1998. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that little noise of when you lose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never played this. You Did never you play played Bop It? I never had a Bop It. No, I had a Skip It, but not a Bop It. Skip It. Skip It. I loved my Skip It. Yeah. Okay, this one's from 1991. This wow. Sounds correct. Oh, hell yeah. This is my jam. Skip It. This is just like kids. Don't be. Just jump. Jump a lot. The best thing of all. There's a counter on this ball. It's literally a fitness tracker for children. It <laughs> was it was literally Fitbit before Fitbit. This was a this was Skip It. Skip It is Fitbit. Oh my god, Fitbit Retimer! <laughs> oh my god. John walked into the studio for half a second and then rolled his eyes and was like, nope, walking out. <laughs> yep. Peace out. Bye. He heard the he heard the bop it and got intrigued and then heard the skip it and was like jam it and then heard our commentary and was like nope I'm out but it well, really is because it's literally I'm looking at it and like all it is doing is counting how much you are skipping yeah it's a fucking fitness track because that's the best that's thing it. of all Simon is that there's a counter on that ball there is a counter on the but ball. the thing is it's not even counting if you skip it because they didn't have the technology to count if your foot was moving it's probably over just or like not. if it hits the ground it's just if it goes around in a circle I think or that maybe you could hula hoop with it around your wrist whoa you probably could you could probably put it on like a, a robot and make it go around in circles and it would count it huh this is how you cheat at fitness everybody <laughs> But when you cheat at fitness, you're just cheating, cheating yourself. yourself. That's very true. Amen. But that robot is going to be fit as hell. It's true. Great <laughs> cardiovascular system in that tin can. 
Um, all right, listen, we've definitely gotten on one too many tangents. Um, so the only other thing that Steimer and I are still playing is Ghost of Tsushima, and yes. I still want to do a Samurai and Sake stream, mm. which I'm going to do. That sounds lovely. Yeah, I've been cooling on it a little bit only because Andrea gave me a book <gasps> called Dune. Yes! Oh, and I have been reading Dune instead of playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm really, really enjoying Dune, and I'm on the second book uh, in it, like, because in, inside the book, there are three books. Oh. Um, so I'm on the second one. And, or I guess whatever, act. I'm on the second act. That's probably What's what it about? it's called. Uh, well, oh, boy. That's a, that's a big, that's a big question, Brittany. I'm trying to think of like, what is non-spoilery thing that I oh. can say. Is there like a TLDR? But it's about, it's about a boy. Um, yeah, let me get the wiki, let me get the Wikipedia like synopsis here. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. Mm. It's a sci-fi story about like, there's an alien planet that this Set is, oh, there we go. Okay, in the go. distant future, amidst a feudal interstellar society in which various noble houses control planetary fiefs, Dune tells the story of a young Paul Atreides whose family accepts the stewardship of a planet, Arrakis. Also called Dune. While the planet is an inhospitable and sparsely populated desert wasteland, it is the only source of the spice melange, a drug that extends the life and enhances mental abilities. Melange is also necessary for space navigation, which requires a kind of multidimensional awareness and foresight that only the drug provides. As Melange can only be produced on Arrakis. Control of the planet is thus a coveted and dangerous undertaking. The story explores the multi-layered interaction of politics, religion, ecology, technology, and human emotion as the factions of the Empire confront each other in a struggle for the control of Arrakis. In so it's spice. like oh. space sci-fi drug lord wars. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Kind of. But there's like this With really like- weird like religious element that's yes. part of it because of the Bene Gesserit that are this like witch religion slash cult that are part of Dune's culture and uh, I they're just, not Dune's culture they're like the systems culture when I say Dune I mean Dune you mean the du- franchise. oh you mean the Dune the book series yeah yeah, yeah. not, not Dune uh, that's Dune why it can also be a um, planet yeah, it can be also just the planet. Which yeah. is why I think it's important like when we discuss it to call it Arrakis because then yeah, we're not fair. talking about like Arrakis as the planet. We're talking about Dune as like the overarching like yes. lore franchise, franchise yeah. lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm so the other day John came to me and said, "Hey, give me one of your nerdy books to read." And I like <laughs> I like literally like put my arms in the air and was like, "Yes!" I'm so excited. So I like ran out to the studio where I keep like my deep cuts of all of my nerdy collections because I only have so much room on like my big girl bookcase that I put in my living room. I was like, I can't put all of these weird paperbacks like on my adult bookcase anymore. I need to like make decisions. And so it's mostly just just Sanderson that's in the the big girl bookcase now. But so some of my older stuff and more of my mass market paperbacks, because eventually I want to I want to buy the really nice hardcovers and some leather bounds were available in my books, but those are very expensive. And so I can only do them a couple of books at a time. And so I have mass market paperbacks for most of my things. And as any book reader knows, they're not really great for book reading. Like they're great for traveling, which I used to do all the time. And I could bring <laughs> a book like Dune with me and not have this giant hardcover, but... I went out there and I picked out three books for John to choose from. 
The books were Elantris from Brandon Sanderson. It was Mistborn, also by Brandon Sanderson, and Dune by Frank Herbert. So I brought those three books out. I was like, these are three like books that you could pick up as somebody who is not familiar with any of these franchises or any of these authors. And if you're interested at all in fantasy, sci-fi, or fiction around those two genres that you would potentially be interested in. So John picked Elantris, which is a standalone book by Brandon Sanderson, which I love and highly recommend. And so I had on the counter Mistborn and Dune. And Steimer mm. came over to shoot the show a couple weeks ago. And I was, she saw Dune. And I was like, do you want to take it with you? And did you ask me if you could borrow? Did you yes, say you I hadn't asked. read it? I was like, oh, Dune, I haven't read this. Is it good? And you were like, oh. <laughs> and you were like, yes. And you and you explained the story you just said about John. And I was like, well, then can I take Dune? And you were like, yes, take Dune. And I was like, okay, then I'm taking Dune. Because um, like I, I do have books at home that I have on my reading list. But I was like, hey, fuck it. I feel like reading Dune. Let's do it. Huh. Um, and so far, I have to say it's been very enjoyable. I really like the way it's written. Um, I find it really interesting and I like the way he shifts perspectives a lot, but like still maintaining the third person. So, um, yeah, so far I'm just like, Oh, this fuck. Yeah. Okay. I see why people like this book a lot. Nice. Yeah. It's, and what's really interesting about the way the series develops is that so much more is shifted into other characters in, in, in future installments in ways that I actually really enjoyed as somebody who spent, I actually, my first interaction with Dune as an IP was with the, with the movie, you know, from, I've never seen the movie, which I mean, when I've gone back and watched it as an adult, we actually just watched it recently. It was like, not great, but I still have such love for it from watching it. The one with, with Sting and with, uh, Kyle McLaughlin who plays Paul Atreides and Patrick Stewart is in it. He plays Gurney. Nice. And you know, like I'm really excited for the reboot that that they're doing. Wait, they're doing a reboot? Oh, oh yes. Oh my gosh. And Zendaya <laughs> is in it. What? Uh, yes. Okay, so um, the reboot is uh, Warner Brothers is doing it. At, oh yes, so, so it's Dennis uh, Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Villeneuve. Villeneuve. I don't know, I don't like, know how whatever, to say Dennis's name. I'm sorry. I always <laughs> I always mess it up. So, um, so the reboot is happening. It's supposed to be releasing. It now looks December 2020. And there's a bunch of really awesome people that have been cast in Dune. Um, let me see who else is in the reboot. So Zendaya, I believe, is playing Chani. I have not come to that character yet. Oh, oh! See, Chani was one of my favorites. So Shaw Young played Chani in 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 the um, in the <laughs> movie from the nineties. Um, so I, oh, sorry, from the eighties. Excuse me, even earlier from David Lynch's famously um, like culty movie, which I really loved. And then David Lynch was like, I had this whole other cut of the movie that I didn't get to put out. There's a whole bunch of drama around it, but I still like it. Anywho, they're doing a reboot. So good to know. Did not know that that was even existing. Yeah. The reboot looks real cool. I'm very excited about the reboot. But I will, <laughs> I will also be excited about the reboot once I finish this book. Yeah. And then is this is the movie just based on the first book? Just the first book. Okay, Correct. Cool. Yeah. So all of the books that come after Dune, there's re- there's been a couple mini series, I believe, but there's not really been a comprehensive video adaptation that I think people universally were like, this is really cool. Got it. So hopefully if this series from Warner Brothers actually makes it, then maybe, you know, they can cool. make continue to make more. Yeah. There so far go. I'm digging it. I'm looking forward to reading more. Yeah. 
So Warner Brothers is saying that the film, oh, sorry, it's a film, not a series. Let me be clear. Um, except for an IMAX release. It says the new date will take up the slot that Disney typically releases Star Wars films in. So that means Christmas mm-hmm. here in the United States. That, at least that's when Star Wars has been out. It's been the week of Christmas, yeah, December yeah. 20th-ish, around there, 21st, 22nd. And then uh, it says that the film, uh, impressive, wait, when is this article from? <laughs> oh, this is from a year ago. LOL. Oh, man. Let me get the, let me get the Pre-corona. newest. Pre-corona. Pre- let me get the newest. Fucked shit. Yeah. Wait, man. what? No, this can't be real. What? Oh, first trailer rumor to what did debut. You thought it, what did you think it said? I thought it said rumor to debut next month, and oh, I got oh. really excited no. slash like, no, skeptical. I'm skeptical. <laughs> yes. As I should be. As you should be. <laughs> so it's rumored that the new trailer is going to be debuted next month during Inception's 10-year anniversary screening. Dun, dun, dun. Inception's 10 years old? Good Lord. Wow. I, oh my God, Inception. I vividly remember going to opening night in the Hollywood Cinerama Dome. Cinerama Dome? Dome. 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 There's an M in that word. Um, which is this really amazing theater in Hollywood. And the air conditioning went out. So summer Oof. release. Uh, We're waiting and, and it's super sweaty. hot. There's no air conditioning. And the arc light, which is the theater system that runs the Cinerama Dome, is known for saying theater is important to us. Film is important to us. The experience of watching film is important. So they have no commercials in front of their movies. The ticket prices are higher. They do a little explanation. It like it feels like a very like more like bespoke experience watching movies at an arc like theater. And so they came out and said, listen, you guys know it's hot. It's hot. Because of the way that rooms work with humans in them, it's going to get hotter over the course of the movie. And by the time the movie ends, it's probably going to be incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> we know that you guys paid a lot to see this movie and it's opening day. We feel bad about that. So anybody that wants to come get a full refund and rebook their ticket is welcome to. But if you're like, fuck it, I'll sweat and I want to watch the movie, we're happy to play the movie for you. And we all like kind of looked around at each other and we're like, we're fucking staying here. It's Inception. <laughs> like, we're definitely not leaving. And boy, oh boy, was it like sweaty Bettys by the time oh, we got to the end yikes. Of the movie. It was very uncomfortable, but damn, that was one of the best fucking movies I've ever seen to this day. Anywho, that was a random story. I was like, there we go on a tangent again. It's just one of those shows, you know? It's going to be one of those shows where we just talk about anything other than video games for a while. It's nice. true, but you know what? I'm so, so glad that you're reading and enjoying Dune, and if you are listening and you enjoy sci-fi fiction and you've never read or watched any version of Dune, I highly recommend. Just like I did this time, and I'm so glad you're liking it. Yeah. It's good. I like a lot. Who's your favorite character so far? I mean, I, I haven't gotten to your favorites yet, so... Um, but I do really like Paul, who is obviously the main character. Um, and I'm finding it very... I, I'm like, I feel like I have to be very cagey, but I'm like, whatever... What's happening to him is very interesting to me. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on in this world? So yeah, I... Uh, I'm just very intrigued at this point. So I guess I'm probably only a, a third since I just finished act one um, through the book, but it's page Turner. Yes. Yeah. I like, I like, you know, snuggling on the couch and like reading a bunch before I go to bed. 
And I'm glad that you honestly haven't seen the movie because I feel like it would spoil some things for you about yeah. some of the action that happens. Because going back and watching the movie after having read the book series, they like they miss giant swaths of like incredibly important information in the theatrical cut of David Lynch's movie. And I know that that was like his big thing too. Is like, yo, like we just like rushed through these like incredibly important moments that happened in the book. And I know that this happens a lot in book to movie adaptations yeah. and is like a big problem, right? That a lot of writers deal with and trying to adapt really dense books from, from the book to screen, which is why I'm like, whoa, like this idea that, Lin-Manuel Miranda is looking at potentially adapting the King Killer Chronicles for Patrick Rothfuss. And I'm just like, they're not done. Of course they're not done. Pat Rothfuss hasn't put out the third That's book yet. That's what I'm saying. How are you going to fucking adapt them? They're not done. Well, I mean, he's going to start with the first book, Ugh. right? Like, I'm going to be, I'm not watching them until they're done. I'm like, that is a, that is a series where I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed. I'm like, this is well written and that's fine. But also like, kind of go fuck yourself a little bit what why because to me i'm like this whole book there's like zero consequence to anything that happened because it's all in the past and i know he's not fucking dead like that was it just felt weird to me i britney's okay. just like screwed i'm drinking at this point she doesn't care about anything we're talking about i'm so sorry. go on with your bad selves no it, i'm good i got whiskey go this on this is how i feel when you talk about yakuza that's okay, girl. I'm not, so I have the best I'm of both worlds because I'm also really interested when she talks about Yakuza and I really like talking about nerd books to you. Yeah, go. I'm not complaining. I'm but anyways, happy to see my friends happy. Yeah, the, the second, well, the wise man's fear was a little better for me, but I still feel like I don't, I just don't really like the main character very much or I don't <gasps> think he's sympathetic in any way or i can't empathize with him in a lot of ways so what? after what he went through but it's all i don't know to me i'm like eh. what <laughs> oh my gosh no! i feel like we have to have a whole other conversation okay we can, about we can after the show's over we can talk about it <laughs> but yeah i just for me i didn't hate the books i was just like sort of indifferent to that i mean i'm hoping because all i want are the answers i think we're going to get in the third book that's what's yeah. irritating to me about all of it it's like you leave breadcrumbs of things i find interesting and then all you're talking about is the past where those interesting things are not happening tell me what's happening now what's going on and it's like it doesn't do that and so that's that's mostly why i'm irritated have i you think if the books had all been finished and i started reading and i knew that there was like at the end i think it would actually probably be a different story that's fair. I think a lot of George R. R. Martin fans know your page. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm also a George R. R. Martin fan. That's the same thing. Guess what? Didn't, didn't he just put out something or last year where Who? he said if one of the, George R. R. Martin that if one of his books wasn't out by yesterday that fans could imprison him? Oh, I don't know. Yes. I doubt. I doubt that. No, 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 no. It's, it's a also tweet. not how prison works. Oh, oh no. Here it is. You you just said it. Uh, fans, George R. R. Martin says on May 22nd, 2019, if the winds of winter isn't out by July 29th today, Oof. 2020 fans can imprison him. So he has a few more hours and there's like a bunch of memes going around about him, like having finishing the, finishing the book. Yeah. That one was weird because he said it was done a long time ago. And I'm just like, if it's done, where is it? 
Mm-hmm. Are you just lying? Also, at this point, <laughs> I think we all know it's not happening. You're not finishing this series. The first meme that I found, like, all I did was literally Google George. Oh, I went to Twitter and just typed in George R. R. Martin. And the first thing that popped up is was someone by the name Max? of at a guy named Caleb saying, me and the boys on our way to imprison George R. R. Martin. And it's the gif of the guy with the flaming guitar from Mad Max. Mad Max. Fury, Fury Road, Road? Yeah. where he's got, he's like strapped to the front of that giant like semi and he's got the guitar with the flames coming out the end. <laughs> like on the way to imprison George R. R. Martin, I'm like, good luck to you. Good luck. That's not how prison works at all. But um, That's not how prison works I, at all. Yeah, I'm with you in that. We're never going to get a, an end to that uh, series either. And I also thought the last book George R. R. Martin wrote was a giant snooze. So, oh, you Dance of Dragons? Yeah, real, real boring. Yeah. Unlike what Pat Rothfuss wrote. What BT Depth, if you guys are fans of Patrick Rothfuss and you like the King Killer Chronicles, he did a really amazing talk at PAX East a couple years back. When is he finishing the fucking series? Maybe it was PAX West? It was PAX West. When is he finishing the book? I mean, that's a great question. You can ask him. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I want him to, trust me. I see him working on all these other cool things and I'm like so um, I worry. I worry it's going to be a George R. R. Martin situation where he's going to be like, "I've built it, the shit. The the series grew bigger than I wanted it to before. I really had the solid end for it, and now it feels like a thing I can't tackle. And now I just would rather do other things." And I think that that's a testament to writers like Brandon Sanderson and why I think I love reading his stuff because he's so prolific and he does live streams and he tweets about like his progress and he tweeted about this gorgeous leather bound that he's making for Oathbringer, not for Oathbringer, for the Way of Kings. I just like, I, I love that he just like, he's like, yeah, no, it's coming out in November. I just finished it. We're going, we're going to my editor and it's done. And I was like, yes. Also, you're inhuman. You write so much in such a little amount of time. I don't know how you do it, but it's awesome. And I'm excited about it. He's writing for the trash can, as they say. What does that mean? Oh, it means like you're you're not writing with expectation. You're just writing, right? Like, and you're like, ah, oh, this was probably garbage, but I'm going to write something anyway. And my so editor is going to come in and can. clean it all up. Yeah. And so I think uh, I want to say Stephen King maybe said that, but I could be wrong. A, a, another very famous author has talked about writing for the trash can. Writing for the <laughs> trash can to the Google machine. Why you should write for the trash can? Yeah. Basically, it's just like. Allowing yourself the freedom to not get hung up on trying to write something really prolific and just writing anything. It feels like there's a lot of people who are taking credit for this. I'm sure it is. It, it may be like you you take 100 or you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It may be one of those. Gretzky, no. Come on. <laughs> one of the greats. It is Gretzky. Uh, but yes. Ah, uh, sorry, Brittany. Thank you so much for everybody for hanging in there. Here's me and Steimer and Brittany, as always, at the beginning of the show going, we don't have that much to talk about this week. It'll be a short we show. We didn't. Actually, we could have made this a very short show. Instead, we, we kept rambling on. So maybe we should go on to segment three. <laughs> we absolutely should, because it's going to be a fun one, everybody. Oh, boy. But we are excited to talk to you guys next week about some of the new stuff that just came out this week that we didn't have time to play by the time we needed to record the show. That includes the Grounded Early Access. That includes next week's 
Marvel's Avengers beta and other things that I have excitement to play, like Ooblet's Early Access, which is out now, and of course some other games as well. So thank you for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed this. Read Dune. It's great. We'll be right back. everybody welcome back it is the final segment of the what's good games podcast nailed it and i'm looking at this boo shirt that you are wearing Brittany. thanks and it's like emo boo what's the name of this with this boo um it's probably ethan ethan yes that sounds like a very good charlotte name yeah mm. oh yeah yeah, yeah. The swept hair the emo eyeliner. rocker boo yep. or, or is this more like dashboard confessional boo Dashboard confessional. I don't know. Oh my god. Oh, what? Do you, you not know? know? Oh my god. I'm oh honest god. and open. My poor heart. I'm honest and open with my shortcomings, oh. and I just get smacked every time. Wait. Oh. Wait. What? No, oh. what is it, though? What is it? It's a band. I'm trying oh. to think about the wet, best way. Band sweet. What's the best way child? to break dashboard, dashboard confessional. confessional? This was screaming infidelities was like my like angsty teen. Yes, it is teenage song. angst in a band. Yeah, I was never form. really into that, so it's not surprising. Like I mean, I'm it's trying not to think- surprising that you weren't into that because you're always Yo just like, oh, baby, everything's great, everything's great, everywhere. And then teenage, and dashboard confessional is just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm young and I have feelings that I write about in poetry. It's pretty book. much like puberty's hard. High school's hard, right? Like Which that kind true. of band. Puberty is hard, and if you're going through puberty right now, we feel you. We're yeah. very sorry. Yeah, it'll it'll pass. Yeah, yes. look at this band up. I, nope, Nuh-uh. they very much were like like the quintessential MTV Unplugged band. Oh, yeah. MTV Unplugged. Okay, God, yeah, I'm gonna go home. Movies. I'm gonna go home and listen to some Dashboard. Dude, yes, <laughs> this might have been just like four or five years too early for young Britney. <laughs> She's a little bit younger than us. Just a suspicion too early. Anyway, okay, I'm going to try and keep the train on track. Yes, Let's... train is on the tracks, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh shit. We got... Hold on. Content ID. No. Blah, 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 blah. No, Content yeah. ID okay, is already you. striking. Sorry, I accidentally hit Striking play. us down. <laughs> uh, I actually have, I still have the, the CD that I bought when I was a teen. Okay, anywho. So, Patreon, third segment. Brittany, I feel like you should do the honors of introducing this segment. Let's do this. So this is part of our elite tier, and we give patron shoutouts once a month. And like Samer said, we mispronounce the fuck out of your names. And I'm going to start with Ah, um, Chewie's godson. Adrian Iraq Williams. Al Tribesman. Alberto Andreas Videla. Alex Regopoulos. Alexandre David. Alex Kohler. Andrew Cotton. Bang Zoo Pow. Bill Stillwell. Brian Harper. Brian R. Johnson. Brittany Heath. Captain Redbeard, 86. Arr, Carl Arr. Peterson. Carla Callahan. Chris Wilson. Krista Lindmark. Christopher Blitt. Shy Jackson Burgess. Cody Becker. Daniel Hull. David Olief. Devin Nitz. DK2112. Dustin Toby. Hey, Benjamin Chickenix. Elizabeth Brock. Elmo Shell. <laughs> Emily Kent. Eric C. Ermagerd Arendo. Ferris the Tate. Jerry Peck. <laughs> Geo Corsi. Jake Sue. Jared Howard. Jasmine Sains. Jason Demers. Jeff Phillips. 
Jessica Bloom, Joe Kennison, John Schleif, Joe Wilson, John Drake, that guy, Giselle Massa, sorry, Justin Foss, Justin the Bearded Gamer, Con Bay. Very well done, Brittany. Thanks. Kenneth Stimmel. Kia B. Marco Ontiveros. Marcus Ian Brown. Martha Emery. Matthew Godin. <laughs> oh, that was a good roll. Matthew Simpson. Maz Mikasa. Melania Salans. Michael S. Michaela Sage. Mikey Phillips. Mohammed Mohammed. Malay Bittner. Nambui. Nathan Watkins. Nicole Humphrey. Noel Navarez. Aze Mejia. Paige Porter. Patrick Higgins. Patrick Landry. Patrick Weller. Beats Shoemaker. Philip Dreher. Puck Defy. Oh, yeah, I got this one. Pure Blue Octopus. Blah, 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 blah. I feel like it's every three months. Then you get it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. RJ Bryan. Regan Nipson. Renate Burns. Rob Leonard. Robert Adams. Roland Bella. Sean I. Sean Smith. Stephanie Vince Williams. Tara Bruno. <laughs> Teresa Enert. The male escort. <laughs> ooh, ooh. But male postal, like a postal worker. The postal service was never so exciting. <laughs> Throw seven. <laughs> Tom Buck. Tony Shea. Trent Berry. Trent Paddington. Trent, oh, Trevor Sagan. Tyler McCall. Tyler Phillips. Will Collum. Will Hernandez. Yusun Kagino Mike. And Zach Hershey Kiss. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much to all of our elite patrons. We love that you guys keep supporting us. And I think that it's impossible for us to convey how awesome it is that so many of you have been with us since day one, since What's the Games launched in May of 2017. The idea that we get, get to keep reading your name month after month because you keep supporting our voices and keep supporting what we do is more important now than ever before. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. So... One of the perks of being one of our patrons is that you get to choose once a month a topic that we talk about. Everyone submits their topics. I put up a poll. Y'all vote. And this month, by an overwhelmingly margin, overwhelming, whatever. By an overwhelming margin. Yeah, words are hard. Uh, Make Brit guess movie plots based off of the title from Maz Mikasa was the winner. Now, this has been something that we've been talking about doing for a while. I didn't know how the two of you had this envisioned, but it sounds like we're going to do it. You're ready for my expertise. You're going to find out that I am the magic eight ball in human form. Uh, I'm very excited um, because <laughs> get we my have a mix serum. of like we have a mix of older and newer titles in here, a mix of genres. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and pitch you your first title. Are you ready though? I Maybe am ready. So he- of, okay. This is my truth serum. This is going to reveal all. So here's the thought. Okay. Should you give me three keywords that have to do with this plot so I can at least take it in a general direction? I prefer not to okay. unless, you, unless you're unless you like really struggling. If you're like – you can throw out a few lifelines and be like, help me out. I have no idea. Mm. Um, but I'll just take it and of, run otherwise. Yeah, yeah, let's go. But all right. I, I also think that there is some hilarity from the idea that you know nothing and then you just make something up. Okay. But if you want like a jumping off point, we can give you like a like improv, like a, like a true improv show 
We can give you like a keyword to give you something to build your story. Off I am of. here to please the two of you. So you tell me what you want oh, and I will do it. Well, let's try one without and one with, and then we'll see which one we like best. Okay. That, that sounds great. So um, let me number these so we can talk about numbers without using the name to give it away. Sure. And I might add a couple. So we, we did like a quick spitball of some movies. And most of these, honestly, are, I don't want to say they're, they're not obscure by any means, but they're not like, it's not like Titanic. I was about here. to say it's not Titanic. That's, right? Like, awesome these one. aren't like the biggest movies you've ever heard of. It's Perfect. Not like How do we go from furious. seven to ten, my darling dearest? I love you very much, but Listen, that's not how counting works. It just works. automatically went from <laughs> seven to ten. I don't know why it did that. Okay. Math is hard. So which of these numbers do you want to start with? I was going to start with one because I want to see what <laughs> comes out of that. Okay. So let me pull up the official synopsis. Okay. For this movie, and then we will listen to Britney's synopsis. Okay. So the movie title is Rain Man. Mm, okay. So this takes place in 1930 New York City. And there is a man who looks a little similar to Slender Man, which kind of freaks out the residents, but you know, they don't want to speak too much. And he appears in the middle of the night, bringing rain with him. And the entire plot surrounds two children and how they're going to fend off the Rain Man because the Rain Man is causing way too much flooding in this 1930 area of New York City. And there's a dog involved. And there's a dog. <laughs> um, wow. I, you know, I'm very impressed with the detail that you went into. You are 100% not even close. But- the part she's close on is the fact there's two children in her story and this story is about two brothers. It is. Okay. So that's pretty close. Thanks. Rain Man, uh, one of the famous dramedy slash commas, commas? Comedy <laughs> slash dramas, that's what I'm going to say, uh, from 1988 from the incredibly talented Dustin Hoffman and his co-star Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. When car dealer Charlie Babbitt, played by Tom Cruise, learns that his estranged father has died, he returns home to Cincinnati where he discovers that he has an autistic older brother named Raymond, Dustin Hoffman, and that his father's $3 million fortune is being left to the mental institution where Raymond lives. Motivated by his father's money, Charlie checks Raymond out of the facility in order to return with him to Los Angeles. The brother's cross-country trip ends up changing both of their lives. It's a very good movie. Slender Man. It, yeah. I nailed it. What the fuck? Yes. What more do you Slender want from Man, me? Completely. Totally. It's like, honestly, probably some of Dustin Hoffman's best work. And also, like, I mean, the, the movie's just excellent. Yes. Rain Man. Okay. Yes. Sure. I mean, I think my plot was a I think bit the, more the title is funny because... But hey. Your yours is, you know, more based on the title. <laughs> Whereas this is definitely one of those movies where the title plays is like off a, of is a very mi- like minor portion of the movie. So when um it's basically like one of uh Raymond's sort of breakdowns is when Charlie's running a hot bath and then he's talking about like how Raymond used to calm Charlie down before he was sent away. Um and he's like, Oh, the rain man would come and sing me to sleep and he's like, Yeah, like basically like the Rain Man was Raymond because he couldn't say Raymond. He called his brother Rain Man. That was a trick question. So. I'm calling my lawyer. You should. 
set me up for failure. No, Anyways. I mean, you could say we're setting you up for failure. We're setting you up for days. success for some really good side movie plots. So I'm, I'm learning a, a lot. Of, yeah, we picked a couple of oldies and we picked a couple of obscure, obscure ones. I, I want to go with one that is one of my favorite movies from a couple of actors playing some unconventional roles for mm-hmm. themselves. But two actors that you definitely know. Jim Carrey uh-huh. and Kate Winslet. Mm, yes. In a movie called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So Jim You've Carrey. You've this movie. Yeah. Liar, liar. No. Uh, oh, Kate Winslet. Have you Winslet, ever heard of the movie? Rose, Titanic. The internal, eternal shadow of the spotless mind. No. The what? eternal sunshine. Oh. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Okay. So this follows two characters and they are happy they are living on a farm somewhere in i don't know fiargo perhaps and they are deciding that they want to adopt a baby cow why i don't know it has something to do with the spotless hive mind that actually controls the entire plot and controls the entire fucking world of this area you see and the shadow that doesn't exist but maybe it does exist is the cow now, see, this all is like, what the fuck does Jim Carrey, a cow, and Kate Winslet have in common? I don't know, but that's where the plot ends. It's a cliffhanger, you see. And the story is all about them infiltrating the cow mind to prevent McDonald's from coming up with their fatty hamburgers so they won't be sued by people. So is the sequel <laughs> The Eternal Shadow of the Spotless Mind? Exactly, Simon. To be continued. <laughs> Um, I, lo- I love it. That might have actually made it for a slightly more interesting movie, even though I do like I love I love this movie. It's I was a accurate dark and a little right? sad. Uh, well, you're accurate, 100% accurate that they start out happy. Um, it's not on a farm, though. Oh, uh, after a, a painful <laughs> after a painful breakup, Clementine, played by Kate Winslet, undergoes a procedure to erase her memory of her former boyfriend, Joel, played by Jim Carrey. From her mind. When Joel discovers that Clementine is going to extremes to forget their relationship, he undergoes the same procedure and slowly begins to forget the woman that he loved. The film explores the intricacy of relationships and the pain of loss. It's like, and the way that it's directed is like gorgeous. So it's from 2004. And like, I, I just... I loved this movie. That does sound like an interesting premise, though. Hmm. The idea that you can erase you can things erase. from your memory and what yeah. it does to you That's and just, how it you know, like, has me impact. in general, though. Sever's <laughs> so like, that happens to me organically. Like, my, I don't my, have my to brain try is that. Swiss cheese at this point. Things just fall through. Mm. I don't know. Okay. I don't forget. Well, I do forget people. Not people that have usually made that much of an impact, like an ex-boyfriend. But huh? That's true. All right, what which of these movies is up next, Timer? I think number three. Number three? Yeah. Ooh, this is a fun. This is a fun classic rom com. Yeah. Really? Are you into rom coms? It's too angsty for me. It's like a Oh no, they're so this is oh, so really not cute. also this might be before her time. This is Oh, def- this is definitely before your time. You we will have no idea what this movie is, but okay. I think you but, should watch it. But we've all watched movies from before our yeah. time. So um Oh it's I love this one. Called While You Were Sleeping. Oh God! Okay, it's a it's a it's a, a rom com. Yeah, a rom com. Okay, just to give you the context. Okay, so there's a man and there's a woman. You see, and the man 
is cheating on the woman. And while she is sleeping, he goes through her cell phone, only to find out, plot twist, that she is also cheating on him. You see? This is the world's worst rom-com. This is how they all fucking start. And then it okay, turns so, out I'm wh- not done. Where's the com? Where's the com part? The yeah, com yeah, is this the is too real. com is is that they're both cheating on each other with the same person. And then they're like, "Is it huh? a boy or a girl?" <laughs> mm, I haven't got that far yet, Simon. Don't worry about it. Okay, sorry. It's the '90s. The it's twist. You want. The it's twist is that the cheating is over AIM. That's AOL Instant Messenger. Oh. For those of you who don't know. Oh shit, this is a You Got Mail I was going to say, is this You Got Mail now? Because she doesn't know what that is either. No, I know oh, what that is. No, no, oh, listen, I know it. what it is. Okay, let me be clear. I'm not going to over-exaggerate. I know what the cover of that movie looks like because it has a little piece of mail in on it. <laughs> the little email. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know. So it's a man and a woman. Turns out they're both cheating on each other with the same person. Turns out they're cheating with someone over AIM, AOL Instant Messenger. The very final plot twist is that they're chatting with a bot. Oh, there is no other person. There is no Ooh. other person. It's a bot. And then they decide okay, that they go get couples of, therapy and they live, live happily ever after. LOL, LOL, sort LOL. of like the Pina Colada song, but a little more. Instead of both What the fuck is the Pina Colada song? <gasps> Have you never heard it? You've heard the song. Wait, are we talking about two Pina Coladas or are we talking about do you like Pina Coladas? I like, do you like Pina Coladas? Oh, okay. I know that song. Okay, okay, okay. okay yes, the yes, whole yes, song yes. is basically they are each trying to cheat on each other, but they wind up at the same bar with with each other and being like, oh, we've answered each other's ad. Oh, that's <laughs> like, funny. Like, oop. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Do you like Pina Coladas? Yeah, they're, they're and right getting personal caught ads. in the rain. Okay. Nobody likes getting fucking caught in the rain. No, Nobody. no one likes. No one likes um, that. Who would like that? So, how accurate was yeah. I? No, there's a, definitely a man and a woman in this okay. movie. Okay, so that's about it. So you nailed that. Fuck. You got that part. Was it about cheating? Uh, no. Fuck. No. Lonely transit worker Lucy <laughs> Eleanor Moderates, played by Sandra Bullock, star and darling of the 90s, and mm-hmm. up today, pulls her longtime crush Peter, Peter Gallagher, from the path of an oncoming train. At the hospital, doctors report that he's in a coma, and a misplaced comment from Lucy causes Peter Fanley to assume that she is his fiance. Oh. When Lucy doesn't correct them, they take her into their home in confidence. Things get more complicated when she finds herself falling for Peter's sheepish brother, played by one of the hottest roles he's ever had, Bill Pullman. Yeah. Bill Pullman as Jack in this movie is chef's kiss. Ugh. So dreamy. So good. Ha! Huh. Now, I was very, very far off. Um, do y'all remember Smarter Child? Smarter Child? No, please Google okay. this. I don't know what this is. <laughs> okay, what do you no. mean, do y'all remember Smarter Child? <laughs> okay, someone there is like, I remember Smarter Child. Smarter Child was an AOL bot, and this is what was coming to my mind, that you could chat with back in 2003, I think it was. And you could chat with Smarter Child, and it was an AI, and you could ask it questions and have conversations with it. Turns out, in my version of While You Were Asleep, uh, they were f- cheating on each other with Smarter Child, which is actually ah, not a child. Okay. It's just an bot. Weird. Yeah. That is weird. Okay. Weird. I think I'm nailing all of this. Um, I'm just saying. Yeah. 10 uh, out of 10. Oh, no, no. You're, 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 you're crushing it, for Thanks. sure. Thanks. I do feel like... The next time we play this, we all need to be way drunker for it to be funnier. 
I Um, I don't know. I think we're all fairly, fairly blitzed. (laughs) Okay. um, Let's see here. So you picked number three. I picked them before. You we have two, one. five, six, seven, and eight left. I feel like some of these are not. I feel like we should have maybe picked some better ones. Let's see. Okay. Um, unless there's one that you're like, I really want to hear her describe it. I really want to you just to describe this movie called St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's Fire. <clears throat> yeah. All right. There was an era back in the day called Tickle Me Elmo, you see. And it was this red <laughs> fucking terrifying Sesame Street doll that every fucking parent wanted to get their hands on. And it turns out that one of the Elmo dolls, kind of like the Chucky dolls, was possessed, you see. And so this parent, you know, they, they're having a, an issue with their child. They don't have a very strong relationship. And they're like, okay, I need to buy my child's affection. So they go to a KB Toys, which is where you could get these Elmo dolls back in the day. They got the very, very last Tickle Me Elmo. Now, this El- Tickle Me Elmo was in the very far back of the shelves. There was dust and cobwebs all, all over it. But the mom was like... For my child, I will do anything. The mother buys the Tickle Me Elmo. She writes off the fact that she almost got in a car accident on the way home. She's like, okay, that was a little weird, but I'm not going to sweat it. She gets home. She gives the child the Tickle Me Elmo doll. During the middle of the night, she hears rumblings. It's like a rumble of the vibration of the Tickle Me Elmo doll, because when you tickle the Elmo, Mm -hmm. it, ah, it laughs and it shakes, right? But this sounds a little bit more demonic, a little bit deeper. So she gets up and she walks in the middle of the, in the room and the child's sitting there with the Tickle Me Elmo doll. She's like, what was that, honey? She's like, oh, it's just a Tickle Me Elmo. But why does Tickle Me Elmo sound like a 55-year-old man with a deep voice? Could it be demonic possession? I don't know. Stay tuned to find out what happens in St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I wanted you to do it because I was like, she's going to go with Elmo the Muppet and I am here for it. Boom. Because it's not what it is at all. Horror <laughs> story of the year. It would be a very good horror story. So this was another kind of like you got set up for something that you probably haven't seen. No, no but, that's, but I, just, I just think the title is good enough to like make something up. The title, of. the title is great. So this movie is from 1985. The year I was born. A mm. group of recent college graduates embark on a series of misadventures in the real world. There's Kirby, played by Emilio Estevez. Emilio! A waiter who wants to be a lawyer. Kevin, played by Andrew McCarthy, a moody writer who yearns for the wild. Jules, played by Demi Moore. Alec, played by Judd Nelson, whose political aspirations alienate his girlfriend Leslie, played by Ali Sheedy. And Wendy, played by Mayor Winningham, a quiet girl in love with Billy, played by Rob Lowe, who juggles roles as husband, dad, and drunk. Together, they grapple with adulthood. The song from this movie is of the same name, St. Elmo's Fire, is like... (laughs) one of the the major takeaways from it and i want to it's called also called man in motion i think is like the main theme of it um i'll send it to you after this show because we'll get copyright strike. yeah i'm not gonna play it because content id is real yeah but i decided to look up some more recent movies to try to see if there was something that i could oh. pick wait the D's. What? i know yeah. which one it is okay rabbit and d's well, she's not, there's no way. I know that she hasn't seen it, but I also don't. I feel like that movie is kind of like it's it's a little bit more obscure. It's definitely obscure, but it's it's like. But I thought we were going with this one. Oh, you can do that for sure. I went after. Brittany, <laughs> have you seen The Notebook? Uh, yeah, yes. I have a very fuzzy memory of it, but mm-hmm. I can try my best to recall. Sure. <clears throat> okay, so there's this really stuck up bitch. And 
<laughs> she you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Doesn't know what she wants in life. She doesn't know. Too many of us. Does, does anyone know in, li- in life what we want? Like the short answer is no, we don't. But that's okay. You know, she she's struggling through adulthood. This guy comes along, and he's for the most part pretty darn good. But she's an entitled princess who thinks she deserves everything and anything. And she, this is where it gets fuzzy, uh, she is obsessed with writing in a notebook. Why? I don't know. You know, we didn't have iPads back in the day, so maybe it was like a therapeutic thing. I don't understand what her motivations were. Like I said, she was a stuck-up bitch. And she's writing in this journal about all of these amazing things that's happening in her life. She even doodles. Some may say that she had artistic abilities that rival my Microsoft Paint abilities. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, no, definitely not. But, you know, like the critics are what the critics are, and they say what they say. And he is like, yo, bitch, your art fucking sucks. And she's like, but I want you to do the dishes or something like that. And they fight you typical fight to want to do the dishes. This is my rendition. That's a a, a quote from the breakup, though. The breakup. See, see, it gets fuzzy. You know what I mean? It's a different movie. Yeah. See, you know, this is my rendition, my interpretation of the notebook. And he's like. I can't handle you. Your art's terrible. I don't want it plastered all over our house. I'm leaving. And she's like, okay, well, screw you. You're not good enough for me anyway. They peace out, Boy Scout. Like, 80 years pass. And then later she's like, oh, he's a construction worker now. I wish I would have been with him. And it turns out she doesn't remember anything. And they have a kiss in the rain. And then that's the movie. Whew. Yeah. Um, you got part of that right. Yeah. But definitely not all of it. Listen. Um, but like the stuck up part, she definitely starts out stuck up, but she makes it around. Right? She, you know, she, wouldn't you say? You know, yeah, one. Eventually, sure. I, I so think the official I, plot of the notebook <laughs> is in the 1940s, Southern Carolina. South Southern Carolina? Carolina? South, South Carolina. Carolina. That's the name of the state. Mill worker Noah Calhoun, played by... The dreamy Ryan Gosling mm. and rich girl Allie, the bitch you described, mm. Rachel McAdams, are desperately in love, but her parents don't approve. When Noah goes off to serve in World War II, it seems to mark the end of their love affair. In the interim, Allie becomes involved with another man, the equally dreamy James Marston. Amen. But when Noah returns to their small town years later on the cusp of Allie's marriage, it soon becomes clear that her romance is anything but over. I wrote you every day for a year. I wrote you every day for a year. I built you a fucking house. You woman. wrote me? Brittany, if you want to like be simultaneously incredibly filled with lust and also cry your fucking eyes out because you're so heartbroken, watch the fucking notebook. I'm good. <laughs> so true. I'm good. <laughs> so true. I cried a lot with this movie. But it's it so crazy. like sad because you're like so invested in this love because I think it's a love that everybody yearns for and then it's just at the end of it you're just like <laughs> because yeah isn't she like I wish I would have been with him isn't it like her grandkid or someone in the car what's the scoop with no, that no this is a oh. different movie oh. I mean no like I mean I don't, I, don't spoil think, it. I don't want to spoil I don't anything know if you haven't of, seen that's it. That's not how but the like, movie ends. There's like, there's, a, there's like a good ending it's just sad because the, it, it ends everything has an end it does. Yes. That's a deep cut. You know what else has an end? This other movie that is a cult classic that I do not think that you have seen whatsoever. And I feel like maybe this should be. The, do you think this should be the end? Sure. I okay. think we could end on this. One. I think this is a, this is a banger. Oh, Donnie Darko. Have okay. The face says it all. Here's one context clue I'll give you. <laughs> Giant scary rabbit. 
Is this like the rabbit and D's that you're talking about earlier? I mean, in Britney's defense, I couldn't yes. even tell you what the plot of this movie was. Okay, in so all I know. Defense, I don't think the people writing it knew what the plot of Okay, movie so was. Danny Darko. Here's me being like, let's make her describe holes instead. And oh. was like, but Darnie Darko. But Donnie Darko. Okay, so Donnie and Dar- Darnie, Donnie Darko and Donnie Darko colon rabbits and D's. Okay. Oh, okay, this, we're okay. We're changing the title of the movie. Now, I thought that there's a rabbit. I heard a rabbit and D at some point. Donnie Darko. There's D's involved. It all makes sense. It all flows together. It does have an all star cast. I do have to say. Oh yeah, yeah. people like Drew Barrymore, oh. like Patrick Swayze, oh. like Jake Gyllenhaal. I know all those people Maggie actually. Uh, so rabbits and D's follows two ex porn stars who live <laughs> in the hills. And they decide that while they bang everyone for a living, that there's just no love there. So they're both desperately looking for that connection with someone else. So they decide that, you know, they they had met through work. You know, it was just a casual bang, like, you know, let's screw, get a few hundred bucks and like, whatever. But there was a a flame, a spark of connection there. And so she's like, um, do you want to go out with me? And he was like, yeah, baby. So they're like, okay, cool. Like, let's go to the hill. So they go to this beautiful, open, vast hill. Think of Hyrule Field and Ocarina of Time, vast, just endless rolling hills. And that summer, the plot lies all around the main character, Primrose McTits, seeing <laughs> a lot of rabbits and getting a lot of D. Primrose McTits. I like this version of the movie a lot. Can they find love? You'll have to watch to find out. You've got to find out. you got to find out. Is it possible that you can form a connection with someone in the porn industry? Yeah, absolutely. But will it work for these two? Primrose McTits and Schlong hmm. Big Nuts? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> got to watch to find out, Andrea and Seimer. I oh think boy. you would actually I think you would actually very much dig Donnie Darko because it's fucking weird and it's a little creepy. Oh, I think okay. it's actually very much up your alley. Okay. Okay, explain. <laughs> so the official plot summary is during the presidential election of 1988, a teenager named Donnie Darko sleepwalks out of his house one night and sees a gigantic demonic-looking rabbit named Frank who tells him the world is going to end in 28 days. <laughs> When Donnie returns home, he finds that a jet engine has crashed into his bedroom. Is Donnie living in a parallel universe, suffering from mental illness, or will the world really end? Okay. So it's kind of like Final Destination slash The Ring slash Sleepwalking. Sure. Okay. Um, I still think Tits McGee or whatever I called her. Primrose McTits and Primrose McTits. Schlong McNuts or whatever I call them. I, I think, think Schlong McLong is better. I think <laughs> oh it is too. Schlong McLong. Schlong McLong. I think they have an epic story that can span the generation. <laughs> uh, but you know, cool. Sleepwalking and demonic rabbits. Like, cool. Sure. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I'm actually very um, interested in that now. I like this game. I think next time we need to take submissions from patrons. They send directly to me so you don't see them. Yes. Uh, so we can get some things because the, there's like there's a whole world of possibilities here, friends. We also thought about reversing it where we read the plot of the movie. Oh, you've said And then title. ask Brittany to come up with the title. 
That could be fun, too. All I'm saying is if anyone steals any of my ideas during this segment, you fucking better credit me. I know there are some blockbuster hits ready that I've unveiled tonight. And I just ask we've for got, the proper credit. video evidence. Yeah, yeah so I want the could, proper credit. We can do a little roundtable situation for one of these next ones where it's like, Brittany names a movie, or either names a movie or describes the plot. You look at a Pokemon and name it, but then mm. I need one. I don't know what mine is. Hmm. So we need we need to we need to fill out the triangle. Brittany and I need to discuss what Steimer's gap in knowledge is. Yeah. I mean, do you have any? You're kind of perfect. I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm <laughs> stupid as fuck. I mean, she's very no. perfect, Abby. But I feel like Steimer's gap in knowledge is in like the more like base human pleasures that Brittany and I indulge in. The Steimer's like, I'm um, excuse me. You're gonna me. be like, here's a Kama Sutra position. I'll be like, what's that? <laughs> That could be it. We give you the name of a sex position and you have to describe like, what it can is. Can I describe what it is? Or we describe a sex position and you have to tell us what it's called. Oh my god, yes. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Okay, so that her right very, leg is over that could this. Be very funny. That could be very funny. Okay. Our oh, podcast has now become rated R. <laughs> well no, that that I feel like is like that's gotta be like maybe an after hour stream. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. We need a we need a more PG one for the mainstream podcast, but I do like that for a Patreon stream. <laughs> Our fans of the after hour stream on Patreon know what they're getting into. Yes. Very true. Yes. Oh my god. So, we'll just like tuck that we'll tuck that one behind the paywall. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Listen. We got a pep talk. Listen, you know what? Brittany knows what I'm picking, putting down. I guess I, I'm into I it. Do. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for <laughs> hanging out with us during this week's episode of What's Good Games. We hope that you liked what you heard, and if you did, that you go to Patreon.com/slash/What'sGoodGames and choose to support our voices and everything that we do. And if supporting us financially is not part of your repertoire right now, we get it. Shit's hard. Mm-hmm. We would ask you to spend maybe just a few minutes of your time then to hit that subscribe button at youtube.com slash what's good games or hit that follow button at twitch.tv slash what's good games or if you have even a couple of extra minutes to leave us a five star review on your podcast platform of choice because all we ask is just for a few minutes of your time. We love that you guys are here and part of our community. We hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll be back on Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for What's Good Games Live. Have a good weekend, everybody. Goodbye.